You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Ah, got him. That should keep the first order off our backs. Nice work, Paul. Tim, are we set to make the jump? Yep. The end of the prime in accordance with the rendezvous are set. All right. Strap in and let's get this intel delivered to the resistance. Punch it! You're listening to Star Wars. The saga continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery, Tim Jirasi, and Paul Herman, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed. So we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and updates on all the cool and exciting projects happening in the future of the Star Wars universe. As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm uh, rejoined by both of my co-hosts this week, Tim and Paul. How's it going, guys? What's up, guys? As always, looking forward to talking Star Wars with you. But to be honest, this was the episode I was least looking forward to prepping for. For <laughs> what we're going to be discussing on this one and just how lengthy it took me to come down to my decisions on this one, which I'm still going over in my head. So as we're going <laughs> through this topic, I might be changing it. So <laughs> I knew it wow. was coming. It's finally here. But yeah, should be a fun one. But preparing for it, it I was going crazy. <laughs> Wow. Now I, uh, it's great. It's great to be back. It's been a crazy whirlwind in the last couple of weeks. And thanks everyone for, uh, putting up with me and missing out, especially the YouTube mainly, cause you guys are put up with me. So thanks for letting me kind of skip out, but, uh, I'm back. I'm excited. This is, I love rankings. I always do. I, I just, for some reason, I, I, I just, I just love it because there's no right or wrong ranking. Mm-hmm. Only your rankings, and that's the thing. We're and we're such vastly different people. We're gonna have vastly different rankings, so it's gonna be fascinating to see uh, who puts uh, what sequel trilogy at the bottom, right? <laughs> <laughs> Already it begins. Yeah. So Sorry, so we're gonna be to so we'll be ranking all the films in the Skywalker saga plus uh, the spinoffs. So eleven movies total that we'll all be ranking from last to first. Uh, just take a couple minutes with each movie to talk about what we like about it, what we don't like, why we ranked it, where it's at. Um, we'll try to go through each one fairly quickly and not stop to like go on tangents or, or get into nitpicky debates over them. Cause otherwise we'll be here all night. Um, but before we get into that, uh, so Tim, we'll give you uh, a few more minutes to finalize your list. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I need it. <laughs> just a, a couple housekeeping things we wanted to go over first. Um, first of all, you know, we, we kind of talked about how uh, it seems like Star Wars news is going to be a little light this year since there's no movie coming out. Celebration got canceled. I mean, we've still got some stuff coming up. We got a new video game coming out. We've, um, we've got a new season of The Mandalorian to look forward to. And supposedly, you know, based on some rumors we talked about in our last episode, uh, it sounds like Lucasfilm Animation has more than one project in the pipeline that we uh, may be getting announcements about later this year. 
Um, but still, you know, it, it feels like we have sort of less to talk about than we normally do because there's no, uh, you know, no trailers for a new movie, no leaked set photos or anything like that. So um, to kind of fill the void, I put out a poll on Twitter to ask you guys what are maybe some other Star Wars related topics you'd like to hear us do episodes about. Um, and the options were uh, Clone Wars and Rebels episode commentary, Clone Wars and episode or Clone Wars and Rebels season recaps, uh, top five lists with characters, lightsaber duels, etc. Um, and then other, and I said comment below, which a lot of people picked other and only a couple people commented on it. So like, what the heck, guys? Um, <laughs> but actually, so uh, the last uh, last place by far was the Clone Wars and Rebels season recaps. Um, and that was at 3.6%. Now, when I say recaps, I mean, maybe I worded that wrong because I didn't mean just like recapping the entire season and like describing everything that happens, but just sort of like, you know, reviewing the entire season and sort of revisiting one season of the show and, and giving our thoughts on it. Um, but that one came in last place with 3.6%. Uh, 25% said other, 32% said Clone Wars and Rebels episode commentaries, and then 39% said top five lists. Um and I'm like you said, Paul, I like doing rankings and listings and stuff. So we probably will do uh, some top five lists um, in the future. Like I said, maybe uh, top five characters, top five lightsaber duels, top five soundtracks, uh, some stuff like that. Um, so those will be fun. We also definitely will do some Clone Wars and Rebels episode commentaries as well. Um, I know I've been talking about doing a Siege of Mandalore commentary forever, so we're definitely going to be doing that. And maybe we'll do some other episodes as well. Um, and then for some of the other options, um, let's see. We, we got a couple of comments here on Twitter. Uh, Alan uh, at Lebochips said uh, the Tartakovsky Clone Wars micro series and how it does and doesn't fit in with the Filoni Clone Wars series. Um, ah. Which I I think yeah I think I like that a lot. Um, it's been a while since I've watched mm. that series, but I really enjoy that one too. So I think that would be a, a fun one to revisit. So we might do that at some point. Um, and then Jake Wade says I'd be interested to hear what you all would say to this hypothetical situation. You're offered the chance to make one Star Wars movie, and you're given full creative control over it. What kind of Star Wars film would you be making, and why? Attaboy, and, uh, Jake. Yeah, that's that's a, a good idea, too. I feel like we've probably talked about that a little bit in the past, just in terms of like what ideas we'd like to see for Star Wars movies and stuff. But I think that would maybe be fun to dedicate an entire episode just to like pitching our own Star Wars projects, um, whether that be a, a movie or a TV series or maybe we could do one of each. Yeah. Um, and Kyle, then also, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Hold yes, on. yes, this yes. No, I, I, I'm not going to skip over your idea, Paul. We will oh, also, oh, okay, we'll enough. also right. do. Yes, I will watch the Ewok films at some point. Yes! We'll do an episode about <laughs> yes! those as well. I'll yes! do, I'll do it for the people. Woo! All right, <laughs> all right. Oh, happy day. This made my, this made my month. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I actually I, I've got a listing here on my phone. Now, like after I put that list out, and we got some some comments from people, so I made a uh, just a note on my phone with uh, the saga continues episode topics, and I've got film rankings, which we're about to do: Siege of Mandalore commentary, Ewok films, Tartakovsky Clone Wars movie and TV series pitches, and then for potential top five lists, I've got characters, Clone Wars episodes, which we've Tim and I have done that one before, but Paul, you weren't here for that, and obviously we've got more episodes since that came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I've got lightsaber duels, battle scenes, soundtracks, and we could, you know, maybe add some more ideas to that as well. So 
Um, those are just some of the ideas uh, for, you know, episode topics and discussions you can expect from us um, in the coming months and whatever. I mean, I can't promise that we'll do all that we'll cover all of those topics by the end of the year or whatever. But, you know, hopefully we'll get to all of those at some point um, and come up with uh, some other fun discussions and stuff for you guys. So thank you all for participating in that poll and, and chiming in with your thoughts and stuff. Um, and of course, you can t continue to, you know, shoot us a tweet or an email or whatever uh, if you have you know, more ideas for uh, for some kind of Star Wars discussion or topic that you'd like to see us cover. Uh, we're always open to it. Um, and of course, we'll cover all that uh, info for our social media and stuff at the end of the podcast like we always do. Um, and then quick bit of news before we jump into our rankings. Um, I think this is really the only thing that's been announced since our, uh, our last episode, but um, there's a publishing program for The Mandalorian that was just announced. Um, and this is going to be starting in the fall. See, it's, and it's interesting because on our last episode, Tim, we talked about Project Luminous being delayed. And you said it was probably just because of uh, coronavirus and stuff getting shifted around. But I was also wondering if there was maybe something else coming out in the fall that they wanted to kind of make room for. And so I think that might be the case here. Especially, mm. since, especially since we have season two of The Mandalorian coming in the fall. I think they probably wanted to have some of this stuff tie yeah. in around that same time they haven't given exact release dates for anything but it just says it starts in the fall yeah. and then we'll continue through the winter and spring um, um they have actually they're, they're coming um the the art out book is on the 15th of december oh okay. or something like that and, and then also um again I, the comics i don't know about but the the art out book and the novel both come out on the end of or in december so which i thought was very interesting um, but obviously for Christmas stuff. So I imagine the uh, most of it, besides maybe the comics might come out around the around the series, but I'd imagine the books, yeah, the, anything, everything else is going to probably come out, out around Christmas time. Yeah, that would make sense. But like I said, I mean, they said some stuff in the fall, some in the winter, and some in the spring, so it'll kind of be sprinkled, yeah. sprinkled throughout. And I guess we will be getting um, the High Republic stuff coming in the middle of that too, because I think that starts in January now. Um so, yeah. you know, you can always have two series of, of Star Wars publishing things going on at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. But some of the titles we're getting are uh, the art of Mandal uh, the art of the Mandalorian season one. Um, there's going to be an original novel that's just called the Mandalorian. But I did see like on Twitter, they clarified that this is an original story, not a not not just like a novelization of season one. Um, the Mandalorian, the ultimate visual guide. Uh, and then like some young reader books, Can't wait for that. like the Mandalorian yeah, allies and enemies. And there's a storybook. And then, yeah, there's going to be some comics from both Marvel and IDW publish publishing. Um, so yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously I would assume there won't be a force Friday this year either because of no movie. So this is kind of seeming like the replacement for that. Um, but yeah, so like the, but like you guys were saying, like the visual guide, uh, the art book. I'm I'm still probably more excited for the art book than the visual guide, but I'll probably end up. Getting, oh, same. I'm pro I'll probably end up getting both of those, and then uh, of course the novel as well. I mean, I want to kind of find out what that story is going to be about. Um, but I might end up reading that. I know you know Paul's going to give me crap for hardly ever reading Star Wars books, but I do love <laughs> the Mandalorian, so I might just go ahead and have to read that. Don't you love Star Wars? Why don't you read Star Wars books then? I oh! I do, just not all of them. I don't read it. Well, I don't read all of them either. I'm too busy but, watching it. 
Oh, I see. <laughs> There's a feature episode topic ranking the Star Wars books that Kyle has not read yet. So oh, it, <laughs> it would be a much it would be a much shorter episode if we did ranking the Star Wars books that Kyle has read. If we ranked all the ones yeah, I haven't read, exactly. it would be it's a lot more than the eleven films. I'll tell you that much. Kyle, Kyle, have you read any any of the Darth Bane books? By the way, I have I not actually. Quick. Let's circle back on the list. Yeah. yeah, well, let's let's circle back to that off 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 record. So this anyway, this to tease you fans, I've I've, I've got an idea, but we'll just leave it at that. But continue. Yeah, no. And, you, you know, we, we might do some book and comic related episodes in the future, too. But um, yes, yes. But yeah, so like I said, we don't really have any uh, any specific details about, um, you know, plots for the novel or, or anything like that. Or I guess, like you said, Paul, they, there are some release dates that they may be uh, released after this. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at the first press release on StarWars.com and there's no dates in here. But yeah, um, well, the um, Paul and people, I think they're on Amazon right now. Already. Oh, OK. So something like that because so because and also the writer for the novel he said it comes out in december okay cool um yeah so we got that to look forward to um later in the year that should be pretty exciting um Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it as far as uh star wars news and announcements for right now so uh without further ado shall we go ahead and rank the star wars films Nah. Oh boy, <laughs> Tim, you ready? <laughs> the yet? moment has come for me. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, no, I think this is going to be fun. This is something I've been looking forward to for a while, Agreed. and I know Tim's been dreading it. But you're outvoted. Two out of three of us like doing rankings and lists. Um, mm-hmm. I normally, I normally like rankings. It's just hard for me with Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> it just really is. I just love them all so much, and. I know I got to put the disclaimer out there. Even the ones on the bottom, I love. But it's like when you see the ones that I have on like my bottom three, it just feels like, Oh man, he doesn't like them, but no, I still love them. (laughs) Oh yeah. Hard deciding where those ones go and some in the middle. So yeah. Well, and (laughs) you know, I I was going to give that same disclaimer. I assume that applies to all of us. Like it's star Wars. We all love it. And just because a movie is at the bottom of your list, you would still watch that movie over most other movies, you know, most days of the week, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is not a, a ranking of like, you know, one means it's great and 11 means it sucks. It's like, you know, we we love all these movies. We love Star Wars. We're just ranking them from our least favorite, which means we still like it to our favorite ones. So, um, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And I mean, the other thing, too, is it's not like this is the absolute definitive list. Like opinions change over time that, you know, even for me, there are certain movies. There are certain movies in certain spots on my list that kind of continually flip flop. Um, And so this is just kind of how I'm feeling just at the moment. And I mean, I, I feel like for me, this is a pretty solid list. I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, but you know, a year from now or five years from now, like my opinion on certain movies could change and things could shuffle around. So it's not like there's pressure on here that this is going to be immortalized for all time. And like, you know, you, you can't change your opinion on certain things. So, um, so you got, um, you guys all uh, put the Ewok films in this, correct? Uh, <laughs> you no. know what? We should have. <laughs> what, what? Yeah, I, I think we should, and uh, add the uh, Clone Wars movie in there. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'd, well, obviously, I can't rank the Ewok films. I would 
I mean, I guess I would have to put them at the bottom because I can't say I like them more than oh, any of the other movies because I haven't seen them yet. How dare you? Don't I was going to say the opposite. You have to put that. them at the yeah. top. Well, yeah, no, no, exactly. that's what I'm saying. I can't say they're better than any of the other movies because I haven't seen them. So they they just have to start off at the bottom. Um, I'm telling you, Battle for Endor, dude. Yeah, yeah we'll, get there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. All right. All right. All right. But, all right. Yeah, so this is going to be obviously all nine of the saga films plus Rogue One and Star and Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, no Clone Wars movie, no holiday special, none of that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think let's go ahead and get into it. And obviously the way we're going to do it, we'll start with uh, 11, you know, we'll go 11, 10, 9, all the way through 1. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just take turns going through. So we'll do 11 and then like each of us will go. Um and uh yeah that's how we're gonna do it um we didn't really pick an order for this i guess we can kind of switch it up each time if we want to um but i don't know maybe i'll start off and then we'll go paul and then we'll go tim and uh you know we'll give tim the most time to think about it before he's got to give his answer for each one um, i appreciate that guys wow yeah so without further ado starting off the ranking uh for number 11 um Paul's going to give me crap for this. I don't care. Uh, for me, it's The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and it's interesting because this one, I mean, obviously, like I said, there's there's stuff that I like about it. There's a lot of stuff I don't like about it. This is the Star Wars film that I'm the most conflicted on. Um, and I wouldn't say I overall have negative feelings towards it, but it's definitely the one that I have the most negative feelings towards. Um, and unfortunately, that hasn't really changed for me over time. In fact, when this movie first came out, it was kind of hard for me to place it on my ranking. I knew it was going to be near the bottom, but I didn't know if it was going to be dead last. Like, obviously, you know, when a new movie comes out, you got to give it time and digest it and everything. Um, and so for for a minute there, like it kind of shook up the bottom of my list and I wasn't sure where certain things were going to fit. But, you know, over time, as the dust cleared, you know. I I just kind of realized that just based on my reactions to, um, you know, just thinking about like, even for example, if you were to ask me right now, like, hey, want to watch a Star Wars movie and you named any of the other ones, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. And if you said, want to watch Rise of Skywalker right now, I'd be like, eh, maybe we could watch something else. So uh, that's why this one's at the bottom for me. All right, number 11, right, for me. I'm just going to say I could probably guess what both of your number 11s are. I was right about Kyle. <laughs> I have a feeling I know what Paul's is, which I'm sure you do too. <laughs> you guys ready? Yep. Let's hear it. The Last Jedi. What? Shocker. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I did not your number one. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. And, you know... My number ten was at the was at the bottom for well, it's been at number ten for a long time until Last Jedi. The Last Jedi wasn't my least favorite Star Wars movie for a long time, but over, I think over this time, I just I just cannot connect to it. It's a, it's a Star Wars film I had the most problem connecting with on a fundamental level of Star Wars, and that's not to say. There's not things in it that I love. I do love a lot of things in it. There's a lot of things I don't like in it. It's just it's probably the one Star Wars movie that I just can't I just can't get behind in a lot of different ways and it's hard. And I'm very thankful that I have the Rise of Skywalker to to follow it up and and, and save the sequel trilogy for me. And I'm very thankful for that. But it's at the bottom 
and I want to make that very make it very clear that I do love Star Wars and I do love a lot from this movie. I just have a lot of issues with it, and I and every time I rewatch it, I'm always reminded of just how long it is. It's it's, it's overly long, and I I've always it it just baffles me. Besides some of the, some of the characterizations that he went with, as Ryan Johnson went with with Luke, and but that's a whole thing. But I th- I just think at the very end when even though I like the end with I actually like the Luke and Kylo Ren stuff. The problem is that it just keep, it sacrifices Ray at the end, and she, you know your main character is, is essentially gone for like a good fifteen minutes. It's just weird, and it just seems disjointed a little bit for me, just on, a, on many different levels. And it's just it's hard. It's hard for me to grasp sometimes how they made that movie and, and this, the, some of the decisions they made. But there's some good decisions too. So because it's Star Wars. I still, despite things I don't like about it, and we are at number 11. All right, Tim. All right. So for me, and kind of what you were alluding to a little earlier, Paul, before, like several years ago, this would have been a no-brainer for my least favorite Star Wars movie, but I had to think about it for a while. Is this really going to be at the bottom? Because I've come to really love it, as I do all Star Wars films, like we said, but um, my number 11 is going to be The Phantom Menace. And this one still, even though I come to love so many things about it, the way it starts off the saga, introduces the characters and sets up the state of the galaxy and with Palpatine. Some of the stuff that people hate, like the everything on Coruscant with the Senate and the politics ends up being really important to the overall scheme and story of Star Wars. And I just come to really appreciate all that stuff and just the groundwork that Lucas laid in episode one. I really love. But to me, it is still has some of the more probably the most rough parts in any of the Star Wars movie for me personally. And a lot of that has to do with Jar Jar. I don't hate him like so many people do. But mm. that final sequence with him in the Battle of Naboo, it's just a little too over the top and slapstick for a Star Wars movie for me, in my opinion. And some of the stuff that transpires there, everything being caused by accidents for Jar Jar to succeed. Not the greatest stuff. And that really lowers down the climactic final action sequence for that movie. But Duel of the Fates it is amazing and pretty mm-hmm. much makes up oh, for yeah. it. But still, it's something that detracts a little bit from it. And then just some of the acting with Jake Lloyd as Anakin. I don't think he's terrible in every scene, but it is noticeable where mm-hmm. um, it's he's not great in every scene. And it does cause a little bit of distracting when you're watching it. And it is a Star Wars movie. Sad to say, maybe I shouldn't think like this, but sometimes when people ask me, where should we start with A New Hope? Because that was the first one that was released. Or should we start with the beginning with episode one? And I always pause and think episode one is not going to be for everybody because of the stuff I mentioned, the humor with Jar Jar. And could that turn people off from the Star Wars saga and not want to continue it? And I've seen cases where that's not the case. People start with episode one and they love it. But to me, that's I've seen other examples where it, people just couldn't get into it because of some of that stuff. And so it's kind of pains me to say that I have to think about that in certain aspects, but that's just the way the movie is. And because of that, that's why it's ranked at number 11 at my least favorite Star Wars movie. But still, there's so much to love about it. As we're in the bottom of the list, I hope I don't sound like a broken record. Just keep saying, I love it, I love it, even though I'm saying why it's not my favorite. But yeah, um, yeah, that's why Phantom Menace is where it is for me. But um, it could change. We'll never know. But <laughs> I am surprised, like I said, that 
I had to actually think about it for a while if it really does deserve to be at the bottom because before when we were just limited to six Star Wars movies, it was easily was going to be the last on the list, but not so easy to decide now. Yeah, definitely. Oh, one other thing real quick before we move on to our number 10, just one other thing that I'll say about uh, the Rise of Skywalker. This is a little side tangent, but I'm sure a lot of you out there have heard of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. I recently just got into that show. It's on Netflix now. If you haven't checked it out, definitely recommend it. It's excellent. But the reason I bring it up in conjunction with The Rise of Skywalker is that there's a character in that show who's very reminiscent of Kylo Ren and has a very similar character arc. But I think it's done so much better, especially in terms of uh, the the redemption arc part of it. I still think Kylo is cooler as a villain, but then like the the path that Ben Solo takes in The Rise of Skywalker, um, I think Avatar does. It, it, like my wife and I have been watching it together and we're both like, this is the Ben Solo we deserved. Um, so if you're like oh. me and had issues with The Rise of Skywalker and, and wanted to see that story done better and you haven't watched Avatar The Last Airbender, highly recommend it. Um, and for a lot of other reasons as well. It's just a great show. But getting back to Star Wars, with my number 10 pick um, – and I know this one's probably going to drive Paul crazy as well, but my number 10 is going to be Solo, A Star Wars Story. Um, and there's a specific reason that this one is this low for me. I really enjoy this movie. I think it's fun. I think it's well done. Um, but for me, this one just – for me, the stakes aren't there. Um, like, you know, it's it's a fun adventure with with a young Han and Chewie, but it's kind of predictable. It kind of feels like a checklist of just like – all the things you would expect to there to be in a, in a young Han Solo movie, like him getting the Falcon and getting his blaster and meeting Chewie and meeting Lando. There's not a whole lot of surprises in it, except for the Darth Maul scene at the end, which I absolutely love. Um, but it's just out of all the Star Wars films, it has the least impact on the overall story and on the overall saga. And it's the one for me that, again, I enjoy it. I'll watch it. I like the movie. But if you took it out, I wouldn't miss it. You know, like it's the one that I feel like has the least impact on the rest of Star Wars as a whole. And so that's why for me, just as, you know, when I'm ranking my favorite Star Wars movies, this one comes in near the bottom just because it's not, I mean, again, it's, it's fun. I like it. Um, it's a good movie, but it's just not nearly as meaningful to the overall big picture of Star Wars as any of the other movies for me. Um, this one actually for me was at the bottom for the longest time. And then, you know, but again, just with the way I feel about Rise of Skywalker, this one, it beats that one out. Um, but how, yeah, so. how, how can we be born on the same day and we just be the complete opposite? of people? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. I love you so much, though, that you are a great friend. But I just I baffle of how different we are in our in our love of Star Wars. It's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's not that I don't enjoy the movie. It's just it it just doesn't draw me in and doesn't, you know, have that that sort of epic feel and those same uh, stakes as, as the rest of the movies do for me. So that's my number 10 pick. But, Paul, since we're so different, what would you put in that spot? Well, Kyle, uh, I would put in my longtime low, uh, lowest-ranked Star Wars film since pretty much, I'd say the last, I'd say like five, six years now, which would be Attack of the Clones. 
Uh, now you're hurting me. <laughs> I know, I know. Now, I want to say for the record, because for a while, I, I could not put Last Jedi below Attack of the Clones. And I think, uh, I you know, obviously, we re- I rewatch Star Wars all the time, all Star Wars films, including Last Jedi. And I think on the on since around the rise of Skywalker and my and my feelings for the sequel trilogy were saved, if you so to speak, and feeling great about things from that movie, um, I felt after watching all the films again, I think with you guys and, and whatnot, uh, I, I, I like Attack, I like Attack of the Clones a lot more, and I think it's just because I think I like George Lucas way more than Ryan Johnson, to be quite honest, and. Uh, and I, I just, it was hard for me to put a Ryan Johnson film over George Lucas. And and even though I think, this is what I think. And this is why I think I rank The Last Jedi last and then Attack of the Clones above it. I think The Last Jedi is a better overall movie than Attack of the Clones. But I think Attack of the Clones is a better Star Wars movie than The Last Jedi. And that's how I did, I kind of figured that out. There's so much great lore building in uh, Attack of the Clones and a lot of things they allude to. I think uh, showing Anakin uh, go to the dark side or that that kind of thing and seeing Jedi is kind of at work a little bit. I love even though like Hayden's is, is it's not his best performance and I don't think it's all on him. I think a lot of that's because George held him back. Uh, I still like almost all of it, even though the, the love stuff is almost unbearable for me to watch and I don't think I've ever watched it like more than once. It since or excuse me since like the theaters. I only have, I've only seen it like maybe once or twice since then. And I've always, probably one of it. them was during our commentaries too. So. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I think honestly, I, I think one of them was. And that being said, I, I love everything else. And I love, I love what Lucas did. And again, it's the lowest, you know, for a long time, but this was not even the, the lowest it, it, for a long time. Attack of the Clones wasn't even my least favorite Star Wars film. So, and it's not no longer, it's no longer anymore. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to being the, the, the bottom. I like it too much, to be honest. I, I definitely will rag on it just to give Tim a hard time. But I definitely think Attack of the Clones got a way worse of a rap than than it deserved to be. And just like most of the prequels, and obviously the prequels are kind of coming out of that, that stasis, if you will, of being this negative uh, thing. But um, but yeah, I think Attack of, Attack of the Clones is a, is a great Star Wars movie, and, and that's why I rank it above The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi is a better overall movie, but as a Star Wars film, i much rather, if I had put the two against each other, I'd much rather uh, watch uh, Attack of the Clones than uh, Last Jedi. So, number 10, Attack of the Clones. Well, speaking of The Last Jedi still, that is going to be my number 10 pick. Wow. And, yeah. <laughs> this one... Not to repeat everything that Paul said while it was his uh, at the bottom of his list, but for me, it's kind of like the Phantom Menace. It has some stuff in there that I think doesn't fit in with Star Wars, and a lot of that has to do with the humor that's in the movie, especially in the beginning. Uh, just right when I saw it, I was like, mm, "This seems a little off and different," <laughs> and it still hasn't clicked for me. And it's not going to be because of the stuff of well how Luke was handled or where the story went. Because I actually really love all that stuff. I've said it time and time and again how I think it's a great arc for Luke to go on. And everything on Octo, I really love the Rey and Kylo connections that they have and how it built up their relationship. The throne room scene is one of the best scenes in Star Wars. I love all that stuff. But when you throw in also the Canto Bite sequence, that is not my favorite. That does take it down a little bit. 
and it does have a sense of where in certain spots where the movie is dragging a little bit and it gets going once again once uh they're in that throne room sequence and we get to the end of the movie and the whole battle of crate i love all that stuff but none of it's really any of my favorite um that we get in the star wars saga so um yeah, a lot of stuff to love about The Last Jedi. Obviously, I don't hate it. Like, its reputation has and where it's split between love and hate. But if I did have to rank it, which I do for this episode, it would wind up near the bottom of the list because of some of those things that I just don't think work the best in Star Wars. So that's why it's at my number 10. I'm in shock. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little surprised, too. Uh, you'll probably be well. Obviously, what makes it so shocking is some of the movies I have way above it. So <laughs> I'm sure it's going to surprise some other oh, people I, too. Oh, I know. I know what's coming. <laughs> I know of what you speak. You know, and, and I, I think that's. I think it's interesting that you. you what's interesting, uh, Tim, is that you put Phantom Menace at the bottom, which is George Lucas, and I put. And the reason I put Attack of the Clones for me above Last Jedi is because is because of George Lucas, and I thought it was interesting that you know. Even George Lucas had trouble getting the rhythm of Star Wars, though, it, though I think it's almost similar things. Look at Jar Jar Binks and look at um, the, some of the humor he had and the humor that Ryan Johnson had. Mm -hmm. like it, yeah. It's it's very interesting that those are the two things because I, I totally understand that, too. Completely. And I think why I put it above the Phantom Menace is because I do like seeing one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever and Luke Skywalker again. And even though his portrayal wasn't for everybody, I did like it, especially at the end where he realizes what he's been doing was a mistake and he becomes, or be, he is that hero we loved as kids um, showing why he is the hero of, of the galaxy. And then he becomes that uh, spark and that legend of Luke Skywalker that everyone looks up to in the galaxy. I love all that was how Luke was handled in there. So that's what kind of, I think just puts it above the Phantom Menace for me for, even though those comparisons you make are pretty accurate as far as some of the things that weigh him down. Well, all I'll say is it's going to be a little while before we get to the last Jedi on my list, but, <laughs> nice. um, but let's get to mm. number nine. And for me, uh, now it's my turn to list the Phantom Menace. Um, I don't really have a whole lot more to add other than what you guys did. Um, there's obviously some stuff that, that weighs this movie down. There's some slow parts as a kid. I loved Jar Jar Binks. And so I think there will always be a special place in my heart for that character. But now seeing those movies as an adult, you know, I can understand why he doesn't resonate with everybody. Um, and there are still some, some Jar Jar lines and some moments and stuff that I love and that I still laugh at. And there are other ones that I sometimes kind of roll my eyes at, um, and so, you know, some of that stuff is not the most enjoyable for me. Um, I love, it's funny cause like with the, with all the politics and stuff, like sometimes I watch it and I'm really into it because I'm thinking of like the big picture and the way that Palpatine is playing everybody and laying the groundwork for like the clone wars and order 66 and things to come. And you're kind of watching the beginning of it. And other times if I'm watching it just to kind of get my star Wars fix and I want to see Darth Maul and see the pod race and stuff, then sometimes those scenes are boring to me. Um, but also, um, you know, the, the duel of the fates, that lightsaber duel is amazing. And again, if you haven't seen Dave Filoni's recent, uh, sermon about that on, uh, the Disney yeah. gallery, the Mandalorian, um, that just adds even more layers of depth to it as to, uh, you know, why it's not just a cool fight scene, but the stuff that's going like what it means for the characters and for the galaxy as a whole, um, 
and also, you know, just the pod race is fantastic. I love some of the the designs and the locations. I mean, you know, Naboo is beautiful. Uh, love the design of the Naboo Starfighters, and it's a shame we don't get to see those or have them featured in more video games more often or whatever. But um, yeah, so there's definitely some stuff I love in the Phantom Menace, but also some stuff that brings it down. And so for me, that is my number nine pick. You know, what's interesting is that I'm going to bring up the Phantom Menace again for my number nine, number nine. That's for you. That's for <laughs> I you, was Tim. just about to do that, Paul. <laughs> no, I beat it to you it. Beat it. I, I had to do it just for you. You're my boy. Uh, I, the Phantom Menace is one of those films that I had a, a hard time coming to grips with. And maybe the last shadow will be a lot, a lot like the Phantom Menace. But I, I will, I will say right now that I, it was hard for me to ever really get behind the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And it wasn't until uh, the third film of the prequel trilogy that really helped me bring everything together, which will be a theme coming up later. But that being said, um, I've really grown to love the Phantom Menace even more. And that that used to be my the bottom one of all the Star Wars films before the sequel trilogy had come out um, and everything. I'd say right around 2013, 12-ish, I started changing my mind as I kept watching Star Wars. I started watching Star Wars even more frequently than I, than I usually did you know, in my life. And I just really grew to appreciate what George was tr- going for and also how well it's aged, to be quite honest. Yeah, Jake Lloyd's acting is not great. And Jar Jar is, is definitely aimed at a younger audience and, and it's a, a little annoying at times. That being said... I'm really impressed that uh, what we've gotten because, or with Phantom Menace, because when I watch it, it just holds up. And I actually really appreciate now how serious, like, even though the, it's over convoluted and it's a little bit over the top with its politics and whatnot, I actually really ap- appreciate that now. And I think it's interesting that, like, George didn't try to downplay this, this really complex story to kids and said, you know what, I'm going to treat it as kids as equals here. Or, you know, everyone's on an equal playing field. And I really like that idea. So families can try to explain, you know, to their kids what's, what's going on, even though they probably didn't understand what, what was going on either. But I appreciate it. I, it's a complex thing. And I think it's cool that kids or, you know, George tried to give us a complex idea. And even though it was criticized for it, it maybe wasn't the executed the, the best way. It was, it's just different. And I, I've really grown to think it's aged really, really well, to be quite honest. And I think it's aged better than Attack of the Clones. I, I think it's a great, great Star Wars movie. I really do. And I honestly, if I didn't have an emotional attachment to the films before it, it would be probably a little bit higher, to be quite honest. But I do, and therefore it's lower. But yeah, I, I this movie used to be the lowest one. Now it's, you know, it's gone up, you know, it's, yeah, so I, I think that should say something for the, how I think how I feel about the, the movie itself. So, Venom Menace number nine, but that's really just because uh, what's before it. So, yeah, I think the Phantom Menace is a fantastic Star Wars movie. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to echo what you said, too, just about how well it's aged, especially in terms of the visuals. Um, I mean, this was the last Star Wars movie that was shot on film, and it still looks. Or I guess the, the last of George Lucas's movies. I know they went back to shooting on film for the sequel trilogy, but um, obviously episodes two and three were all digital. But, um, you know, episode one, they still shot uh, on film with a lot of practical locations and a lot of miniatures and stuff like that. And it all still looks really good. And you watch it now and like, 
a lot of even like the CG and stuff like holds up really well for a movie made in 1999. I posted this on Twitter the other day. You know, people were kind of uh, reposting this thread talking about, you know, somebody said like name one or like say something nice about the Star Wars prequels or whatever. And obviously I could say a hundred nice things about each of the Star Wars prequels. Um, but I just I was in the mood to to highlight the pod race. And I said, you know, with all the Fast and the Furious movies and stuff that have come out over the past decade or however long they've been making those, they still haven't made anything that looks cooler than the Boonta Eve pod race. Um, <laughs> and I doubt they ever will. Yeah, like, and and I'm not saying that to, to dog on those movies either. I mean, you know, they're just kind of uh, popcorn, you know, summer blockbusters, but I enjoy those movies. I like the race scenes and stuff in there, but... Um, you know, the, the pod race and some of the stuff in Phantom Menace still holds up really well for a movie that's over 20 years old. I'll call them what they are. I think they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I've seen each of those movies once. Like, I, you know, I'll go see them in the theater. It's a fun thrill ride. But, you know, it's not like I've got them all on Blu-ray or anything like that. But, um, but anyway, so, Tim, what's your uh, number nine pick? My number nine—it kind of su- actually surprises me that it's this low on the list because I do love it, but it is going to be Solo, a Star Wars story, and there's more things. Why? Vindication. <laughs> Even as I'm ranking it, it's, I'm thinking, why is it this low? But I think it's anything. It's just because how much more I love the other movies after it because I really don't have too much negative things to say about it. I mean, I really love what it did showing us the origins upon how he met Chewie, how he got the Falcon. And even though you were saying, Kyle, how it is like they were checking off boxes, we kind of always knew that going in, but how they handled it, I really dug it. Seeing Han and Chewie pilot the Falcon for the first time is one of my favorite Star Wars moments. It's just so good. And the fact that it is in the Kessel Run, I think adds a little bit to that as we're seeing that classic story be told finally and just all that was involved with it. So I really love Solo for what they did. And given us those moments that we've heard so much about, whether it was in EU Legends lore or even in the new canon, kind of giving hints to certain things. Uh, so I thought they did a great job with that. Even introducing some new characters like Kira and Beckett, I thought were great in it, too. Throwing the Darth Maul <laughs> surprise at the end, adding this whole new layer to the story that you want to see explore more and having a cool adversary like Enfys Nest throughout the movie, but find out she's actually have as part of the rebellion or the rebel, a rebel cell at the time. And this, all this cool layers they add to the movie that I wasn't even expecting going into it was just fantastic. So I love solo. There's just more star Wars movies and stories that I love even more than that. <laughs> so that's why it's at number nine, even though really uh, there's not too many bad things I could say about it. Yeah. No, and obviously that's just the nature of this. Something's going to end up at the bottom. Um, And again, I mean, even for me, like I I think I have maybe a few more nitpicks with Solo than you do. But like I said, for me, the reason it was so low on my list is really just at the end of the day, I like everything else more. Um, But moving on to the number eight pick, um, I'm sure, you know, it's probably going to be another hour before Paul brings up Solo. Um, Wow. Which is totally fine. I like that I all. I I like that all of our lists are so different. And I gotta say, I'm loving Tim's list because, like, I mean, obviously, it's I know unpredictable. Yeah, like I I I know mine, and I'm like a, a lot of Pauls. I'm like, I kind of have an idea where where he ranks mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, with Tim's, I'm like, I have no idea what he's gonna say next. 
All I know is that <laughs> all I know is that Tim's going to have Attack of the Clones ranked way higher than the rest of us. Um, well, yeah, that's and, 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 <laughs> and, and speaking of which, that's coming in at number eight for me is Attack of the Clones. This is oh, one. This is this, this is it is that high though. Like yours. <laughs> well, see, this is one of those instances for me where Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace flip flop all the time on my list. Um, I included like for right now, I'm putting Attack of the Clones ahead of Phantom Menace because. I think Attack of the Clones has a more interesting plot, um, but also like I think the 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 biggest flaws with the movie are obviously the performances and the the dialogue, um, especially the romantic stuff with Anakin and Padme, um, and then also I feel like this is the film that has probably aged the worst in terms of the visuals and the effects and stuff. I remember. Um, you know, obviously, like a lot of people would criticize it and say, oh, there's too much green screen and there's too much CGI and it doesn't look that good and whatever. And like growing up as a kid and watching it on VHS and then watching it on DVD, I'm like, I think this looks fantastic. The first time I ever watched Attack of the Clones on Blu-ray, I was kind of like, Ugh. Um, Dexter Jetster looks like a four-armed pile of poop. Um, <laughs> oh, <wow>. like <laughs> you, and you can see in some of the scenes where they're walking through the Jedi temple and there's like the CG backgrounds and stuff. And you can kind of see like the edges of the robes, like kind of clipping in and out on the green screen. So like, it's definitely the one with probably the most noticeable technical flaws that don't quite hold up now. Um, but I think the story is fun and interesting. Um, and it's just got some great Star Wars moments. I mean, the seismic charges going off in the asteroid field, the Battle of Geonosis, even like the beginning, like the speeder chase on Coruscant. Um, and then obviously the origins of the clone army and the mystery of like Sifo-Dyas and all that kind of stuff. Um, it just introduces a lot of stuff that then propels us into the Clone Wars, into Revenge of the Sith. And obviously that's some of my favorite material in all of Star Wars. So even though this movie has some shortcomings and that's why it's, you know, ranked this low on my list, there's a lot to love about it as well. Um, and, you know, of course, it's the first time we get to see Yoda in action with a lightsaber, and that was fun. And I'll never forget being in the theater, and I mean, it felt like being in a football game. That was probably yeah. the first <laughs> theater experience I ever had where people were cheering that loudly. I mean, now you go see a Marvel movie, had, and that's, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of par for the course every summer when the next Avengers movie comes out. Um but, you know, I mean, people were like chanting Yoda, Yoda, like, you know, it was a sports event or something like that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, just a lot of cool moments in that movie. So, uh, yeah, that's my number eight is Attack of the Clones. Well, my this is where it gets kind of interesting. And I, I don't yeah, it's hard for me to explain number eight with numbers without revealing number seven completely. But I'll, I'll I'll do the best I can here. Uh, number eight for me is going to have to be The Force Awakens. And uh, to be honest, I had The Force Awakens a lot higher. And and I also I debated if I should put The Force Awakens below The Phantom Menace, um, or, or, or excuse me, I put The Phantom Menace above The Force Awakens, and that was really hard for me. And I had The Force Awakens a lot higher for a long time. And I think the force awakens is a, is a great star Wars movie. I've always gone on record saying that the force awakens. Oh, the first half of that force awakens film is just some of my favorite star Wars ever. And it's, and it is, it's, it's, it's a, it is beautifully uh, crafted star Wars. And I think it fits perfectly with George Lucas and just, you know, introducing the world back to star Wars. And I, even though I, it, 
the reason why it's a little bit lower, and it also features my favorite, you know, favorite character, one of my favorite characters in Star Wars, and Kylo Ren. The reason why it's at, the, at this low of, of uh, ranking is mainly because I think, it, I've, I've, again, a broken record here about The Force Awakens, but it, the second half is a little bit weaker than the first one. And it, it's really hard for me not to get it's, – it almost feels disjointed, to be quite honest. Like when I watch it, I'm like, I just love that first half so much, and then it just kind of – Oh, Han comes in. Okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. And then you know, we're going. We're going to to see Maz, and then the car. And uh, it just, I just lose a lot of steam right when they they go visit Maz, and it just takes a while to get back into things. And it's just, it's a bummer. Thankfully, the Kylo Ren race stuff is phenomenal, and I love that stuff. And and that's what essentially saves that movie for me. But it just, it's just, it's hard for me to kind of get in into that. Uh, after loving that first half so much to get back into the second half. But that being said, the force awakens is a beautifully shot film. You know, I, I think it's, it's great. I think JJ did a great job with Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, I love all the characters in the, in the movie pretty much. And so, yeah, it, it, it'll always, even though the, the Phantom Menace was the first movie back from, you know, return of the Jedi. And I saw that movie with my brother and it was a you know big, big deal when I was in high school the Force Awakens was a, let's be real, it's the reason why I'm friends with you guys today is because of The Force Awakens and the way, because Disney bought the, uh, Lucasfilm and decided to make the sequel trilogy and this, the lead up to this is unlike anything, even more than The Phantom Menace. I don't yeah. think I've been more hyped for a film than The, than the Force Awakens than anything. And... I am eternally grateful for the Force Awakens for give you know giving me so many different friendships like you guys and Justin and I just am so grateful for for that and and I, and I do like and I do love the movie it's, it's not just Star Wars I, I do like it I do think it's flawed obviously but I do love it so um, but really quickly before I move on this was a this was you know in the middle for a long time but the Phantom but honestly it, you'll be surprised what replaced it. To be honest, we'll we'll see, but yeah, hmm. Force Awakens at number eight. I'm losing my place now. At number eight, right now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be hard. To, if we're in the middle. Like, which which movie are we on? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, number eight. So number eight, Tim. What's your pick? Okay, this is probably gonna be the one where I get the most flack for, but it was between number eight and number seven were the two hardest ones for me to play. Oh, don't do it, Tim. Don't do it. <laughs> I know it's coming. I can feel it. Number eight, Return of the Jedi. Oh, <laughs> <why>? oh come <laughs> on. <laughs> okay. I've made it no secret that the Battle of Endor and almost a lot of stuff on Endor minus the speeder bike chase is not my favorite of the saga. Just leading up, it is one of the more slower aspects of any Star Wars movie. And the battle, yeah. <laughs> it's obviously one of my... Only the... Jar Jar Gungan battle on Naboo is my least favorite more than this. <laughs> this one, it just the way the Empire gets defeated by the Ewoks, I'll just never seem plausible the way it was shown. I mean, they could have done more to have it be Tim, more... you've seen Battle for Endor. You know what they're capable of. <laughs> and if they would have showed more what they did in Endor, we said that when we watched it together that one time. If the Battle of Endor in Return of the Jedi was more like the Battle of Endor movie, I think it would I've had would feel better about it. But 
it wasn't. <laughs> and some of the stuff they do against the Empire seemed a little ridiculous to me, the way they took him down. But regardless of those things, that's what keeps it back for me. But it has some of the best Star Wars moments ever in there as well. I mean, what it comes down to was placing it either eight or seven was um, kind of what you were saying, Paul, this might reveal a little bit of what my next book's going to be, but just how the final sequences and how these movies ended, what more had an effect on me. And the way Luke redeems Vader, Vader saving his son, throwing down Palpatine down that, that star shaft, it's one of the best Star Wars moments ever. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even with that no, I've come to, I won't say I've come to like the no, but it doesn't bother me as much as it did at first, where it doesn't take away the emotional mm. impact I feel mm. when I, whenever I watch that. So, yeah, and the stuff, it's definitely one of the best first halves of a Star Wars movie. I love everything on Jabba's Palace that goes on there, the skiff battle on Jabba's sail barge. All that stuff is amazing, but there are certain elements of that movie that it, are just hard for me to look past as far as enjoying it more than some of the other Star Wars films. So I'm sure this is going to be a lot lower than when you guys have it, but Return of the Jedi, a I had to put it at lower. number eight. <laughs> wow. Wow, 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 wow. That's Ewok racism right there. Wow! <laughs> you went there! Holy <laughs> Should have went with the Wookiees as originally planned. <laughs> I do agree with that 100%. Um, but also, see, I give Chewie all the credit for the, the Rebels winning that battle in, in on Endor. I mean, I know the Ewoks took out a couple of the ATSTs with like their traps and stuff, but um, I mean, Chewie hijacking the walker, and I know he had some Ewoks with him, but come on, Chewie was the MVP of that battle. Um, but we'll get to that. I'll talk more about Return of the Jedi a lot later on. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're up to what? Number seven now? Yep. I all think. Right. <laughs> yeah. So my number seven. I got all my list numbered. So if you ever want to know where we're at. Yeah. No, no. no. <laughs> I, I've, I've got my list number two. I'm just not looking at it because I know it from memory. But uh, my number seven is going to be The Force Awakens. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and for me, I mean, this is. It's a fun movie. It's a solid, you know, just a solid good movie mm-hmm. across the board. Yeah. The performances are great. The characters are great. The writing is great. It's the introduction of Kylo Ren, who, like you said, Paul, I mean, he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely my favorite character in the movie. And it was just, I mean, th- this, again, to me, will always be a special time when, you know, just the the buildup and the hype to getting an, the first movie of a new Star Wars trilogy, uh, you know, meeting Paul at Celebration and even before that, like Tim and I starting this podcast together and all the years of like following rumors and leaks and, and speculating about what this movie was going to be and then finally seeing it for the first time. I mean, this is still the the movie that I've seen the most number of times in the theater ever. I saw it eight times. Um and it was just cool to to immerse ourselves in a new generation of Star Wars. Um, so I love the movie, but I mean, part of the like mainly the reason it's not higher on the list. Um, I mean, I kind of agree with you, Paul. I do think it kind of has some pacing issues, uh, mainly for me, the whole Starkiller base thing. I mean, first of all, it's just kind of redundant, like, oh, we've got another Death Star type weapon. 
but also the way it kind of just comes in at a left field, like halfway through the movie. I think, like you said, the first half of that movie is great. And yeah. then once Starkiller base comes in, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess we got to blow up the Death Star again. Like the, the the plan was to, you know, they were trying to get BB-8 to the resistance and they do that halfway through the movie. But it's like, oh, but we can't go look for Luke yet because first Death Star 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and really my biggest issue with and, and it started with The Force Awakens and it's kind of become my biggest issue with the sequel trilogy in general is just the lack of originality. Um, and I feel like they relied too heavily on nostalgia with the TIE fighters and the X-Wings and the stormtroopers. And I mean, I love seeing the, the original trilogy characters again and bringing back Han and Leia. And, uh, obviously I wish we had seen more of Luke in this movie. Um, but just the, the, the planet designs and the ship designs, I feel like they tried to model it too closely on the original trilogy and just go oh look you know we're, we're gonna go back to the star wars movies that everybody loves and i feel like they were trying too hard to like shake off the negative perception of the prequels so they're like let's just go back to the original trilogy and just remake those instead of taking mm -hmm. risks and taking chances um and you know i mean it's great that they had all practical sets and locations and stuff but Throw a little CGI in there. Give us a planet that's more like an Utapau or a Camino or something like that, where you can't just go out in the middle of the desert somewhere and, and shoot it on camera, you know? Um, and I wish that we had gotten a little bit more varied ship designs than just X-Wings and TIE Fighters. I mean, you even see, like, in the Art of book, some of the uh, more unique concepts that they, that they came up with and ended up just kind of narrowing it back down to the basics of what, you know, the Star Wars we already know. And I just, I wish that they had pushed the envelope a little bit more with The Force Awakens, and I feel like that would have paved the way for them to do that, you know, over the, the course of the sequel trilogy as a whole, and I probably would have liked it a lot more. So, um, yeah, I think that's my biggest issue with it. That's why it's still in the bottom half of my list, but there's a lot to love here as well. Like I said, mainly the characters, the performances, the dialogue are all spot on, and just, you know, I mean, Kylo Ren is my favorite, but Ray, Finn, Poe, BB-8, you know, it, it was a great introduction to a lot of uh, fun, new, likable characters. So uh, that's The Force Awakens for me at number seven. Well, lucky number seven is going to surprise a lot of people, I think, and it's, and I'll explain here in a second, but believe it or not, it was even lower than that. And it's really weird to even think about it now, but uh, I'll explain it right now. So number seven is going to be a new hope. And mm -hmm. for a long time, that is lower than expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the reason why is because I, I, I always say that a new hope was my first prequel. I grew up watching Empire and Jedi religiously. My mom and dad, when I was in kindergarten, it, it, again, I was I had seen I pretty much my earliest memories are watching Star Wars on you know or Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, thinking that those were the only films that existed. And out of nowhere in kindergarten, my mom you know turned around. I'll never forget it. It, it was like a weird experience for me, out of body experience. And my mom, it's, it's at nighttime. I'm sitting out, I'm sitting in the car, backseat doing something. My mom's like, oh, Paul, Star Wars is on tonight. I'm like, oh, Empire or Jedi? And she goes, no, it's, um, you know, it's uh, it's the first Star Wars movie. I went, oh, it is? What do you mean? And she explained to me what it was, and I was kind of blown away that there was a, a Star Wars movie that I hadn't seen before. And then it looked older. So, um, 
but uh, but anyway, uh, A New Hope was a movie that I just never connected as much with over all of Star, you know, all of my fandom. I love it because it's Star Wars. I love the Tannoween scenes, but I never, for whatever reason, got into um, the just never. I just never loved it as much as other people, and it's because it wasn't my first Star Wars film. And so what we decided to, um, you know, we recorded it and I had watched it a bunch, but for whatever reason, I just didn't love it as much as Jedi or, or, or Empire. And, um, but that being said, over the years, it just kind of, it was always, you know, always above the, tri- the, the prequels for the most part. And then when, as the sequels, trilogies and other films started come around, I just didn't love it as much as the other ones. And for the most part, and Honestly, the reason why it jumped ahead of The Force Awakens, because The Force Awakens was above it for a long time, to be quite honest, which was weird to me. It felt weird saying that, because The Force Awakens just ripped off A New Hope, right? So, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, a little so, strong, but I know what you yeah, mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But that being said, I go, I, it wasn't until I started watching it on 4K in the last couple of months that I, I just kind of went, man, this movie looks incredible. And <laughs> I, I saw it a couple times on 4K myself. Me and Tim watched it through the uh, World Between World, Worlds. World Between Worlds. <laughs> and um, we, I got to tell you, man, it's amazing. I think it looks incredible. And, and it made me appreciate that movie even more. So now I can, I totally am in, in behind a new hope because of that 4k transfer it looks beautiful so so yeah a new hope always will be my first prequel i'll never love it as much the original trilogy but or the other films in the in the original trilogy but it definitely that new 4k transfer is a, is, is a game changer it's it's up there so yeah i love new hope all right tim you're number seven and my number seven is going to be the rise of skywalker it just, this is, like I said, this and Return ah! of the Jedi were neck and neck. I don't know which one was going to edge out, but maybe it's a little bit of the newness of The Rise of Skywalker. But right now, I was just so satisfied with how it ended the saga and what it did for Rey and her character, her taking on the Skywalker name. And Paul, we said it before, how many times we speculated and uh, wished and hoped for this outcome for Ray as a character off the podcast on the podcast is hours <laughs> talking and thinking about possibilities of where they can go with their character hours. And, yes. And to me, the way that it wraps up the Skywalker saga with the legacy of the Skywalker name being passed on to Ray, the new generation of Jedi, it's just so fitting for me. And I just love that story aspect so much. And then you throw in, some of the other more emotional aspects that I loved about it, that lightsaber duel between Kylo and Rey is fantastic. And you culminate that with the sacrifice of Leia to bring back her son to the light. And then the way that it fully brings him back is the memory abs of Han Solo, which is just a great, great emotional moment, hearkening back to that great scene in The Force Awakens. Um, but things playing out differently. I just love how those two scenes mirror each other. I just think it's so beautifully done. But all in all, it's just the way it wrapped up the Skywalker saga and Ray's story that I'm so happy with. I mean, that ending with her on Tatooine saying the words Ray Skywalker, it's just I just 
I wanted to let out the biggest cheer, but I'm not the most vocal person, but I left out a big inner cheer when I saw that for the first time. And I just love seeing that sequence so much. So yeah, even despite its flaws, the ending battle on Exegol wasn't as grand and epic. I think it could have been and probably should have been. And seeing Ray and Kylo take down Palpatine, I wish was something we would have gotten more of. But again, everything that it led up to with that, with where Ray's story ended, I just couldn't be happier with. So um, I'm putting it at number seven. All right. Well, we are now at the halfway point, uh, getting to number six. This is the middle one in the list. Um, and for me, this one is going to be The Last Jedi. Um, this is my highest ranked one out of the whole sequel trilogy. Wow. And for me, and I could kind of go back and forth between this one and The Force Awakens, but the reason that I like the Last Jedi more. Um, I mean, I, I have my issues with it too, but I've come to really appreciate, especially after Rise of Skywalker. And I feel like The Force Awakens, you know, like I just said, I, I think my biggest issue with it has come to be its lack of originality. And then I think Ryan Johnson uh, really kind of put his own spin on things. And, you know, some people love it, some people hate it, obviously, but I really appreciate him at least trying something different. But I also feel like this movie even just has its own kind of aesthetic. I mean, the cinematography is beautiful, but it just has like a slightly different feel where it doesn't feel exactly like you're used to from Star Wars. But I remember watching that in the theater and I'm about halfway through the movie and I'm like, this feels different. I don't know if I like it or not. And then I realized no, it's I'm feeling that way because The Force Awakens was so similar. But the The Last Jedi is more in line with what I was expecting from a new Star Wars trilogy not made by George Lucas to begin with. Um, and so I like that he stepped out and did something a little bit different. It's got a little bit of a different aesthetic, a little bit of a different tone. I mean, not all the humor lands for me either, but some of it I like. But really also the reason why it's this high on the list is because all the stuff with with Ray and Kylo and Luke is all fantastic. Um, and even, you know, Ryan kind of going his own direction with the character of Luke Skywalker. And obviously, you know, we don't need to go off on all the issues that people have had with that. But I even sometimes kind of go back and forth on like, I'm not sure I like the direction he went with it. Just because, you know, Luke was my childhood hero, just like a lot of us, and it was hard to see him in that low point. And, I mean, the one thing that I still kind of don't like in the movie, I mean, it's fine to have him go off on, you know, sort of a, a darker arc, see him at a low place, see him have challenges that he has to overcome. I mean, that's all fine, but when he says, uh, you know, I came to this island to die, like, the fact that Luke has not just given up and gone into hiding, but that he's, he's basically, you know, he just wants to to die and and do nothing and he's you know again we're just sort of one step short of killing himself it's like that's not the luke skywalker i knew um and yet you know i've come to accept it and i think the way that he does that story arc even though it's not what a lot of us would have chosen or not what we thought we wanted to see he does it so beautifully um and i've always said i went into the last jedi thinking if they kill off luke in this movie i'm gonna hate it and that's exactly what they did, and I didn't hate it, and I thought it was beautifully done and still kind of had conflicting feelings just because I want to see that character continue and I want to see more of Luke. Um, and I, I still really hope we get stories that sort of fill in that gap in between episode six and seven, more stories about Luke sort of at the height of his power as a Jedi Master. But for this to be the ending of his story, I think is is beautifully well done. Um 
and the stuff between Kylo and Rey as well, and just especially the the depth and the layers that they add to uh, to Kylo Ren and just seeing his conflicted nature. And of course, Adam Driver's performance is fantastic. So, um, and of course, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Canto Bite either. Um, and so that's kind of why, you know, it was a little hard for me to choose between this and, and Force Awakens because I feel like Force Awakens is a little bit more consistent with Last Jedi. There's, you know, definitely some stuff I'm not a huge fan of, but also some stuff that I really love. But I think those highs, you know, the stuff that I do love kind of brings it up for me as well as just my appreciation of the fact that Ryan Johnson was willing to go outside the box, willing to take risks and take chances that not everybody agreed with because that's exactly what George would have done. You know, that's what George did on the prequels. Not everybody loved those movies either, but he could have just given us three more movies that were exactly like the original trilogy, but he kind of, he still kept pushing the boundaries of his own imagination and his own storytelling. Um, and I feel like that's what, what Ryan did with The Last Jedi too. So I appreciate it for all that. Woo! Hold it in, Paul. Hold it in. <laughs> Hold it in. <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, is it my turn here before I go crazy here? Oh, yep. man. Sorry. There's so much there at the end I wanted to bait you on, but I'm holding back. Uh, all right. So back to – so we're at, we're at number six, right? Yeah. Is that where we're at? Okay. Yes. I'm, I already lost track. So – I just those last couple comments were hard for me to take in. Um, <laughs> but uh, number six, where am I at here? Oh, okay. So number six, uh, this is going to be where uh, it's solo, and I, it, it's a bummer for me that I feel that like I'm the only one here giving solo its due because I think that solo had the had the real unfortunate. It, I just I go back to what I've said before. Solo came out during a really, really, really bad time for not just Star Wars fandom, but for everything. Because Solo came out after the most controversial Star Wars film of that time, which later was followed up with the next controversial film of that time, by Skywalker for <laughs> Star Wars. But uh, whatever. And then you not only have it following up a very controversial mixed bag of emotions for Star Wars fans of a film that came out six months before, you also have the uh, the, the unfortunate thing of being out between uh, Deadpool uh, sequel and Avengers Infinity War, which were you know Avenger, Avengers Infinity War was one of the you know highest selling movies of all time, and. Deadpool 2 was a you know huge success. So I really feel that people just were not ready to see a Star Wars movie at that time. And it's unfortunate because I think Solo is phenomenal, is a really phenomenal Star Wars film. I really do. And to be honest, if I'm being completely honest too, and I think you guys will all agree with this, it would have been a perfect Disney Plus movie or TV series. And oh yeah, I still think it would have been much be. better yeah. as a series. <laughs> And, you know, I, and I, I can't argue that because I think that w I rewatched it recently and it definitely feels small in scale, but I don't think that's a problem. But I could see it not really appealing to people to want to see it in the theater. Because, again, if you think about what happened with The Last Jedi before and then you, you sandwich it between uh, Deadpool and Avengers, I mean, 
it, you're not, I mean, people have already, you know, put a bunch of money to go see, take their families to see Avengers and to, to and, and hopefully they didn't bring their, the little kids to see Deadpool too. But you get what I'm saying. Like people have already spent a lot of money to go to the theater at that point for a Star Wars film that is a, a great, fantastic, phenomenal Star Wars movie, but it's not an epic scale Star Wars movie. And it just feels like this would should have been a uh, direct to uh, digital because it's not that grand scale. And I think with with the benefit of having a uh, digital uh, uh, sub a digital subscription service like Disney Plus, you can put out these these lower budgeted things and and they're more kind of story character based and save the high budget spectacles for. Uh, the movie theaters, like, you know, like, like the Rise of Skywalkers and Last Jedi's, if you will. So to me, I think if that, if the scope of Solo was a lot higher and they would have shown that in the, in the trailers, I think it would have been more successful, to be honest. But because it is a smaller, you know, Star Wars film on purpose, it was not, you know, because they wanted to save money. It was very purposeful, I think. It just it had that unfortunate thing of kind of being a perfect storm. But it, to me, when I watch it, it's I think it's a great story. I love the acting. Alden gets a lot of crap. And I think he's a great, great Han Solo. And honestly, I think the one the one criticism that I'm starting to come around to, and I hate to admit it, but I still look past it. It's the way it's lit, lit is definitely way too dark. And I think they should have honed that in. I love the aesthetic. But I definitely think that when I watch it in 4K, it's still a little bit dark. I did fix my 4K settings recently, so I need to give it another shot. But I honestly put the Blu-ray in, and it looks so much better, to be quite honest. The Blu-ray brightens everything up, and I, and I thought it looks fine. So maybe it was my settings for the 4K or my 4K TV at the time. I don't know. I'll give it another shot. But it definitely is a little too dark in places. I wish it wasn't. But I also like it where I like the darker, you know, kind of the, the more natural lighting setting, especially at the end of the, the last um, act of the film. So I understand its problems as far as the lighting and whatnot. But other than that, I think it's a phenomenal Star Wars movie. And I, and I, I hope and wish we get more for in the Disney Plus stuff. But to me, it'll always be a great movie. And honestly, the precursor to what Star Wars, um, the Disney Plus uh, story should be. Well, keeping on a Star Wars story theme, my number six choice is going to be Rogue One. And Rogue One is a movie that I just come to love and appreciate every time I see it. Uh, when I first saw it in the theater, I really liked it. I thought it was great, but I didn't love it like I was hoping to going into it. I didn't take to all the characters right away. And there was a part of me that was a little disappointed with the Battle of Scarif, not living up to the big hype of it being the biggest war battle that you're going to see in a star Wars movie, but kind of move past that and appreciate it for what it is. But it is just really a great story and how the rebels got the death star plans and just introduced with some great compelling characters. Even though I said I didn't take to them right away, I think it was just because I just loved the force awakens characters so much that to me, I didn't quite enjoy the rogue one characters as much as I did in the new characters introduced in force awakens. But that's beside the point now. Now that we've had several years to sit with the movie, and Jin's a great character, Cassian's a great character, uh, Chirrut and Baze are a great characters. Every one of that group in Rogue One, I think, is a great character that had a good, meaningful story to tell. And it was just great to see them, the journey that they take on to get those Death Star plans and never to lose out on hope. 
And in the midst of that, uh, we do get some fantastic battle sequences. Even I've said this, I think, on our commentary, but my favorite action sequence of the movie is the battle on Jeddah, even more so than Scarif. I just love those small, close, like close quarters combat that you're guerrilla style combat that you're seeing between these small groups of soldiers. That's something we haven't really seen before in Star Wars. I just love the feel that it had. And then you get into the stuff later on with the Battle of Scarif. Even though the ground aspect of it, um, I felt wasn't the best uh, that Star Wars had to offer. The space battle is one of the best you're going to see in Star Wars. I'm continually blown away with the visuals of how that space battle sequence plays out. So many cool, great moments there. And then we get a Vader sequence that is one for the ages. Seeing Vader be the terror that his reputation um, holds and that so many people live in fear whenever they hear the name Darth Vader. We see why. And it was amazing seeing that in the theater for the first time. Uh, there's a such, I said this before, too. There was a buzz in the movies at the, the screening afterwards. And just everyone on such a high of seeing that sequence with Vader. So there's so much great stuff to love about Rogue One. And, of course, how can I not mention... They gave us one of the coolest, amazing costumes in all of Star Wars that you're going to see with the Death Troopers. Troopers who are actually formidable, who hit their targets, were a threat, and could do the job that they were meant to be, do, meant to be done. So it's a lot of great stuff in Rogue One. Um, it is one of the, obviously not the highest ranking of the new Disney era Star Wars movies, because there's one I haven't gotten to yet, but it's one that actually moved up in the ranks for me. When, every time I watch it, it just... I just man, this movie is just so good. <laughs> it just gets better and better with each viewing and just how it is that perfect lead up into episode four, New Hope. Um, if you have yet to watch Rogue One and episode four, New Hope back to back, do yourself a favor and do that because it is quite the amazing Star Wars experience to be had. Four hours of just amazing Star Wars storytelling. So, um, yeah, Rogue One is my number six pick. Now, I just got to point out for the record, Tim has so far mentioned Rogue One and Return of the Jedi and still has yet to talk about Attack of the Clones. <laughs> Those are two movies that I'm like, Ugh. we're, we're going to have to take you to court on this one. Um, wow. I uh, have a feeling uh, the jury would probably convict me too. <laughs> but I stand by my case, darn it. But I'm going to sound like a broken record because now we're getting to the number five pick. And for me, that's Rogue One. Um this was actually oh, man. this is a little bit of a tough pick because I I could kind of go back and forth with this one between my number four, but uh, I settled on Rogue One at number five, um, and I could just echo everything you said about it, Tim. I mean, I I love this movie. I love all the characters. I love all the different settings and locations that we get to go to. Um, the Battle of Scarif is fantastic, and I love the uh, just you know the seeing the ground combat between. Um, the rebels and the Imperials and even just like all the little distractions that the rebels have to pull off in order to like Cassian says, make 10 men feel like a hundred. Um, and I just love the themes throughout the movie of, uh, you know, hope and the underdogs winning. And, um, you know, again, just this, this small band of rebels finally coming together as a group and taking on these impossible odds and the sacrifices that they all make in the end, just to secure the Death Star plans just to give hope to the next group of heroes, which then we see in A New Hope. Um, 
But, you know, the Vader scene at the end is one of the coolest scenes in all of Star Wars. Even just seeing Vader's castle on Mustafar for the first time, I remember, you know, seeing that with a couple of friends and we were just all staring at each other with our mouths hanging open because that was something that, you know, you'd heard about in Legends or heard, you know, the the Ralph McQuarrie concept art of it and stuff. And it was just kind of always one of those things that, like, wasn't canon, but the Star Wars fans always kind of knew was like this possibility of like, oh, what if Vader had like this castle on a volcano planet? That would be cool. And so seeing that on screen for the first time was just like, yo, look at that. Um, but yeah, and I mean, there are still a couple issues that I have with this movie. I mean, some of the pacing early on is not the best. Um, there's a couple of weird scenes in there, like the boar gullet and stuff that you can kind of tell, like maybe was supposed to have a bigger role in some of the earlier um drafts of it i mean for the most part i think rogue one is better than it has any right to be with all the stories that we've heard about the reshoots and the rewrites and stuff and for the most part it comes across as a pretty seamless movie and doesn't look like it was all patched together at the last minute but there are a couple things in there um even in terms of like saw guerrera's role in the movie overall you know certain things that feel like they could have been more fleshed out or are kind of left over from a different version of the movie um, but for the most part, I think it all gels together really well. Also, the I think probably my biggest issue with it when I saw it the first time was the the CGI Tarkin. Um, and that doesn't bug me as much as it used to, but I think it still sticks out a little bit. I think it's a great performance, and it's like it's as close as they could get to having Peter Cushing come back and play. You know, obviously he's no longer with us, but it is still a little bit distracting. Um so those are, you know, just kind of a, a couple minor nitpicks with it. But I just, I love the characters. I love the story. I love just the themes of, um, you know, of hope and of the the little guys triumphing against all odds. Um, and some of the little Easter eggs in there too, getting to see the ghost and Chopper and, and stuff like that is really fun. Um, and then, yeah, just that, that Battle of Scarif. The last third of that movie is fantastic. Um, and not just the battle on the ground, but of course the space battle as well. Um, not quite my favorite space battle in all of Star Wars. And I was really hoping that with this new era of Disney films and just with the modern technology and the CGI and stuff that, that we would get a space battle in one of these movies that would become my new favorite space battle in all of Star Wars. Um, and they didn't quite reach that height, but the battle of Scarif came the closest out of all of them. I say it's probably my second favorite, um, and even the way with that, that they worked in the little cameos of like Red Leader and Gold Leader from from A New Hope yeah. was pretty cool. So um, just lots to love in that movie um, and lots of cool little Easter eggs and stuff. But it's not all just fan service. I think it's also, uh, you know, it stands on its own with its own characters and its own story. Um, but I also think it does. I think it does nostalgia better than the sequel trilogy does. I mean, I, I actually think that Rogue One should have come out first. Before, hmm. before before the force awakens because with the force awakens they wanted to i mean jj and kathleen kennedy have even said they they felt like they needed to remind the audience of what star wars is all about and you know had it feel very much like the original trilogy and like i said went back to the x-wings and the tie fighters and the stormtroopers and stuff well rogue one did that and it doesn't feel like pandering fan service it just feels like it makes perfect sense because that's when the story is set and then you still have new designs like the u-wings and the tie striker and the death trooper that feel more unique than some things in the sequel trilogy do so i think they should have come out with rogue one first gotten the original trilogy nostalgia out of the way and then pushed the envelope more and tried some new things with uh with the force awakens in the sequel trilogy and unfortunately that's not the case but um 
yeah, I just that's just another aspect of Rogue One that I really love. I think it nails the nostalgia and and the fan service, um, but makes it just feel naturally like part of the story and not like it's trying to beat you over the head with it. So I love Rogue One. That's my number five pick. Uh, Paul, what about you? I am the broken record. Rogue One number five. <laughs> um, no, I think that Rogue One is. I think it's very interesting that it's all of our film, all of our kind of in right in the middle of, of all our favorite Star Wars films. And I think I kind of feel that Rogue One, and obviously it's, this is not everyone's favorite, you know, or whatever, but it definitely feels like more people universally love Rogue One than I'd say any one of the sequel trilogy films. And like kind of you were saying, Kyle, it's a very interesting idea to almost put this movie out first because you were you would have really set the tone for everything, but uh, but yeah, it, it, it if you we all know like the history of this film, but if you go on YouTube and you watch the Joe Blows, um, what the f happened to this movie, and it's a little like kind of a little short little documentary about kind of everything about it, kind of you know all put together from like a a little more of a narrative, if you will, and. I gotta say, I, I was reminded of how much trouble this movie was in, and the fact that they were able to salvage it, and it's now maybe even regarded as the most universally loved of the Disney era films, is pretty impressive. And just goes to show you just can't predict this stuff. You know, I mean, you just can't. You, I because I I was going into Rogue One thinking it was going to be a mess from everything we heard. And I walked out going, I can't believe how much I love that movie. And it's just one of those, honestly, is one of those movie magic um, uh, moments where just for whatever reason, everything worked. The reshoots worked, the, you know, the rewrites worked, the Gareth Edwards delivered, I think, I, I, a, a movie, even though he didn't work on probably all of it necessarily at the end, he still delivered, his parts were still great. And, and I, whenever we watch it, it's just, it's a phenomenal film. So, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's been right squarely in the middle of my favorite star Wars films. And I remember when I watched it, I immediately loved it more than the force awakens. And I thought maybe I was like, well, cause the force awakens, I loved it too. And then it kind of, I lived with it a little bit. I, I kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, but with rogue one, I immediately knew it was one of my more, one of my more favorite star Wars films. And, yeah, but I feel like I'm the weird one here because I feel like I don't have the problems with the, the quote-unquote pacing or or the boar gullet because because those are all things I've heard from many people. Uh, a lot of people criticize the Jetta stuff. I'm like, I love the Jetta stuff. Like, I love almost everything about this movie, and I love the boar gullet stuff. It is weird. See, these are the things that don't feel maybe – or they feel like Star Wars to me, but they're definitely from left field a little bit. That I like. And well, I think that it, for it, me, it's not so much that it's weird, more that it feels like it's not really all that important to the story. Sure. And, you know, but at the same time, this is Star Wars. There's a lot of things in there that's not really important to the story. Like, like the Rancor scene is just kind of like whatever. I mean, granted, it's, it's a lot more – the Borgel is not the Rancor scene. But you don't need it, but it just – it makes it fun. It's just interesting. It makes it weird. And I, I kind of like it when Star Wars go, goes weird. And not out of uncharacteristic left field things. <clears throat> Luke Skywalker. Um, but um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, sorry, that, that was mainly a joke. But but seriously, I I, I do love everything about Rogue One. I I I don't agree with people's like problem 
Owens with Jetta. I really don't. I, I don't understand it to this day. I, I love Jetta. And I love the fact that there's a lot of emotional depth with Jetta. Jetta, Jedi, Jedi, Jetta, that um, I think that people just don't maybe uh, just look past. And I'm not saying no, don't understand, because I think we all see it. But I, I for one, love it. And I, I really, really uh, connect to the, that, that first part of the film. And obviously, uh, the ending is phenomenal. So uh, the space battle is incredible. I mean, we get to see Y-Wings actually, you know, mess some stuff up. Because mm -hmm. for, for years, we, we saw him, like, show up. We, saw, we basically see him shoot up one TIE fighter in Return of the Jedi. And that's it. Well, not and, only and, that, but like in every video game and stuff, they're like the bomber class ships, yeah, and we've exactly, never seen yes. them make bombing runs or anything. And so seeing them fire those ion torpedoes and disable the Star Destroyer, it's like, okay, this is actually, you know, that's what they've got these things here for. Yeah, and that, and that was one thing I laughed out loud. I remember, Kyle, was the bombing. I mean, oh, they finally uh, did what the video games have always said they were, the bombers. Okay, cool. So it was great. I, I think Rogue One will go down as probably one of the best Star Wars films. I, to this day, you know, for a, not the hardcore fan base like us, but just the, the normies, if you will, a lot of those people, they tend to love Rogue One the most out of all the new um, Disney films. But uh, yeah, Rogue One is just, I think, a phenomenal, it really is a phenomenal Star Wars film. I think it's, it, it obviously relies heavily on nostalgia and um, more even than, I'd say, The Force Awakens or any other uh, sequel trilogy film. But you know what? It, it, it has to because we're at a time period. But it, it does it in such a different way that it seems so fresh. And I think that's why everyone loves it. Or more, a lot of people seem to love it a lot. So, yeah, Rogue One, definitely up there. All right. Top five. Here it goes. Rounding out my top five. Of, well, I should say rounding up. Kicking off my top five Star Wars films. Attack of the Clones. There it, it is. My top five, yes. <laughs> Maybe some expect it to be higher, but I think number five is probably higher than most Star Wars fans would have it on its list. But yeah, there's just so much I love about this movie. I mean, you can mention the stuff between Anakin and Padme and that dialogue, and I would agree with you. It's not great. But to me, the good of this movie just outweighs the bad so much. This, I would say, I think it has one of the most underrated stories of a star wars movie the mystery is trying to figure out who's assassinating or trying to attempt to assassinate padme and that leads to this whole um discovery of the clone army and the mystery of jedi master sifo Dyas and just the little intricate things that palpatine is doing to make his grand plan play out and the beginning of this i mean he had to do that in order for it to succeed to start the clone wars and i just loved all that aspect of it but then you throw in one of my favorite aspects of all of Star Wars that I've come to love so much, and that is the introduction of the clone troopers. And I just immediately loved them right away in this movie. I love the fact that Lucas decided to make Boba Fett part, that is part of his heritage. Him being a clone of Jango Fett, Jango Fett was a great a new character introduced here, and I loved how Boba Fett and Jango Fett's lineage. Well, I'm going to focus on Boba Fett because he's the character we're all familiar with from the original trilogy. And I know a lot of people don't like it that Lucas gave him an origin story and we found out where he came from. But to me, it just elevates his character so much. The fact that Boba Fett is linked to the clones and knowing what we know about the clone troopers through the Clone Wars and all uh, the different characters we met there, some of the best characters you're going to see in Star Wars and just the role they played in such a pivotal moment in the galaxy and Boba Fett is linked to that. I love that aspect that George Lucas 
threw into Boba Fett's character. To me, it just makes him even more cooler and special. But just the clones in general, the idea of getting an army based an army of clones based off one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy but then we see them as soldiers working for the jedi i just love i shouldn't say working for the jedi by working with the jedi as um their soldiers to the jedi being generals and i just love that concept so much that i've always been a fan of troopers from the original trilogy as a kid but you know they were still the bad guys and it's, it's hard to root for the bad guys but one other aspect I love about the clones in this era of Star Wars of how they were the good guys and you were able to root for them. And it felt great to do that in this movie. Now we're seeing these clue, these cold troopers in battle and they're part of the good guys and you're rooting for them. And it was just great to have that in a Star Wars movie. And I love that aspect. And of course, you know, this is where the clones journey began. And we know it goes to many more interesting places in the Clone Wars series and of course some tragic places. But to me, that's just what makes their story some of the best in Star Wars. And it all began here in Attack of the Clones. And I love that. And then you throw in one of my favorite end battle sequence in a Star Wars movie. The Battle of Geonosis is incredible. You started off with this gladiator arena type sequence with Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme trying to avoid all these creatures and being killed by them. And then you throw in the attack by the battle droids with the Jedi showing up. You see hundreds of Jedis fighting droids which is something we haven't seen before in a Star Wars movie. And I remember being that such a big focal point of my hype for Attack of the Clones. And I love seeing it on screen. I still love seeing it um, every time I watch it. And then you throw in the big battle between the clone troopers, the Jedi, and the droids. And it's just amazing. When I said how um, the Battle of Scarif didn't quite live up to um, the big war battle that it was being promised to me, Geonosis more than lived up to that. To me, that was that's the bar that's set for Star Wars ground battles. It's just really, really great. And then you get the final lightsaber duel at the end with Yoda capping it off for something we've never seen in a Star Wars movie and just being in awe, seeing it unfold for the first time. Like you said, Kyle, it was one of my favorite theater experiences seeing Yoda walk up. He didn't even ignite his lightsaber yet. Just him walking into that room about to face off Count Dooku. Everyone was already cheering. And then just the room erupted once he ignited that lightsaber. And I'll never forget it. So this, those are just some of the things I love about Attack of the Clones. But to me, there's just so many layers to it that I think some fans just can't seem to look at and move past some of the negative stuff about it, which I understand, but there's just so much more stuff to love and enjoy about Attack of the Clones, and I think it gets credit for, and that's why I just love it so much, so <laughs> throwing all those aspects into there, um, I, it's been going to be almost 20 years old, and I've just been a fan of it since the moment I saw it in theaters, and I just continue to love it every time I watch it, and just what it sets up also for um, what comes next in the story in Star Wars, leading up to the Clone Wars and what we know, how amazing those are. So there's just so much I appreciate about that movie. And that's why it is my number five pick. So I know it's, well, I'm one of the few who probably have it that high, but I'm also confident knowing there's plenty of other fans I've seen on Twitter share their love for Attack of the Clones. And I always appreciate seeing that for this movie that I love so much. So yeah, number five, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And you know what? I love it for all those same reasons that you mentioned, but uh, I, I applaud your ability to see past the negatives more than a lot of people. Um, 
But yeah, really, I mean, to me, when it comes down to it, when you're watching the movie, it's just a few skippable scenes. And then it's for me anyway, almost smooth sailing is just a great Star Wars story and some great Star Wars action that you're getting. Yeah. Um, And obviously, I love it, too. I mean, starting from way down on the list, it's like like we said, these are all still Star Wars movies and we all love all of them. Um, I still you're probably the only person I know that would rank that ahead of Return of the Jedi, but to each their own. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know when I first told you that, you pretty much left you speechless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I said this was years ago, and I said we got to do a podcast episode on that sometime, just debating Attack of the Clones versus Return of the Jedi and why Return of the Jedi is better. Um, but well, maybe maybe we'll still do that someday. Um, but moving on to number four on the list, uh, for me, this one's going to be Episode Four, A New Hope. Um, like I said, I was, I kind of went back and forth between this one and Rogue One, but at the end of the day, uh, A New Hope wins out for me, not just based on the story and the characters and stuff, but also just for the love and appreciation I have for it being the original Star Wars film. Um, and it just being, you know, one of the classics, I mean, and especially, you know, just with it being episode four, but at the time it was just Star Wars. And it's like within, you know, talking about which is our favorite Star Wars movies, we rank them all based on, you know, Attack of the Clones or A New Hope or whatever. But if you ask me what my favorite movie is, it's just Star Wars. Um, and I kind of see them all just as one story, but it all started with this one. Um and even though it's obviously the most dated one because it's the oldest and doesn't have, you know, the the most up-to-date special effects or whatever, still just appreciating how groundbreaking it was for the time. But also it's just – it's a classic timeless coming-of-age hero's journey um, with, you know, just some all-time great characters with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and Darth Vader and just, you know, it just holds a special place in my heart for being the thing that introduced us to this world in the first place. Um, unfortunately, I've been a Star Wars fan for so long. I think I first saw this movie when I was like four years old. So I don't have that specific memory like a lot of people do of watching it for the first time. Um but it's just in, such an integral part of my childhood. I remember uh, I, I watched the whole, the entire movie a lot of times, but I also uh, would skip forward to the end and just watch the Battle of Yavin over and over again um, to the point that I think I like wore out that section of the VHS tape. Um, or there was like a certain part where they're on Yavin, like getting ready for the battle that, you know, it, would, it was kind of scratched out and like wouldn't play that part <laughs> of the movie. But um you know, again, just, I mean, this was, this is where the journey started for me. This is what made me fall in love with Star Wars and, and just watching this over and over throughout the years and, you know, wanting to be like, I wanted to be Luke and, you know, just those moments of him staring out at the twin sunset, getting the lightsaber for the first time, flying the X-Wing down the Death Star Trench, you know, saving the princess and swinging across the Death Star chasm and all that kind of stuff. Like, I just, I love all those moments. Um, and again, just have a special love and appreciation for this one being the one that started it all. I mean, and even, you know, like I said, it, it, the effects and everything, I mean, still hold up well for a movie from 1977, but, you know, maybe don't hold up as well as, uh, the rest of the original trilogy. And even for me, like the beginning of the movie is a little slow, um, you know, kind of depending on my mood when I'm watching it, but some of the scenes on Tatooine, you know, just wa watching R2-D2 and C-3PO wander around in the desert, like, it's not all the most exciting stuff. Um, 
But then you balance that out with some of just those all-time classic moments, like you know, like I said, the the binary sunset, uh, Obi Wan giving Luke the lightsaber and explaining the Force to him, all the way up to you know the Battle of Yavin, the medal ceremony at the end. Um, you know, it's it's still a great movie. Uh, still has a lot of great stuff, a lot of moments and scenes and characters and stuff that I love. But also, like I said, a big part of my love for it is just a love and appreciation for George and the story that he told and and everything that he had to go through to get this movie made and just this being the the one that started it all and kicking off this grand story that we're all so in love with. So that's episode four, A New Hope, at my number four spot. Number four for me is going to be semi-controversial, maybe. I don't know. But I think you guys probably know what it's going to be. Because I think most people who know me well know what my top three Star Wars films are. And I, I have to tell you that I think this is number four for a lot of emotional reasons. And that would be The Rise of Skywalker. And I, I for a long time, Rogue One was, was number four. For me, I, I I love I adored Rogue One as I just got done talking about, and I have to tell you that I just wanted to I wanted the Rise of Skywalker to end the Skywalker saga, or at least for the moment, the end the Skywalker saga on a note that I'll be happy with and accept, and it did, and it blew, actually exceeded my expectations, and I ended up loving it on a. A level that I really wasn't expecting, and those know those who listen to the reviews and whatnot. I avoided spoilers. I really wanted to have as much fun with this movie as possible after kind of the mixed bag for me for the Last Jedi. And I, I have to say, I've watched The Rise of Skywalker more than any other Star or uh, Disney Star Wars film besides maybe Rogue One. And I gotta tell you, I love it, and I only love it the more I watch it. It's not perfect. And I'll go on record and say a lot of Star Wars movies are not perfect that I love. And to me, the, the emotional connection that I have to this movie is just is, is, is nuts. And there's so many things about it I love. And I think the ending is so perfect. I think it's beautiful. I, I love the I actually do love the Exegol thing. I, I do I agree with you to an extent, Tim, that it might have it could have been a little bit more epic. But it, it's you know, I was just talking to you guys before the show. It just it really hurts and it honestly hurts my feelings to see people just be like, Oh, I can't believe you like Leonard Skywalker, oh my god. You know, it everyone just rips on it to shreds and I'm just like Man, like, you know, they, they, people just rip on things. And I understand maybe that's what they feel like when I say something about Last Jedi or whatever. But, you know, it's so weird to me that people just want to, you know, rip, you know, the ending with Ray and, and fighting, you know, you know, Palpatine, the Palpatine connection. And to me, it all just resonates. And it feels very much like a comic book. It really does. Like It really feels like a writer coming in, taking all the continuity before and trying to, you know, try to bring this ending in with, with, with what happened before and try to connect it all together in one cohesive tissue. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate that. And and I, and I think that's the thing with star Wars that we, as star Wars fans, just, we just will, we connect to things differently emotionally. And I think for me, the Rise of Skywalker just connected to me on an emotional level that I can forgive a lot of the ridiculous parts about it. And now, again, 
there's ridiculous parts in a lot of Star Wars films. And I'm not saying Rise of Skywalker is any exception, but I can I can buy into it because there's so many things I love about it. Not to mention, it actually has a great like uh, role for 3PO. 3PO is phenomenal in this movie, and I think it like that goes uh, honestly under like sold a lot of bit to be honest. I think people don't give him enough credit in that movie. He's so good in it. He's legitimately fun, and it's so nice to see him back like he was in Empire Strikes Back, to be quite honest. So, um, and, and and for those who don't know, 3PO is one of my favorite characters. And so it was nice to go, to go through The Rise of Skywalker and, and, and to have that emotional connection to it. I think it's beautifully shot in a lot of different areas. I love some of the new designs they have in it. I love Exegol. I love the, 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 uh, the look of Exegol. Um, it's a little bonkers and I kind of love that about it. It just, it feels like it's trying to be star Wars as much as it can be with it, but it's not George Lucas. And, but you know what? I don't hold that against it. Cause I thought it did a good job. So rise of Skywalker is number four. I know it will shock a lot of people, but I have to, I have to admit that it's, I love it. And it's probably cause I'm emotionally attached to it more than any other Disney star Wars film. But I, I legitimately love the movie besides the emotional level of it as well. So I love it. I, I love it. I know people don't all love it, but just like how all people don't love the last Jedi. And I don't love the last Jedi, but rise of Skywalker. That's my favorite Disney star Wars film. Well, all I'll say on this is as someone who definitely does not love the rise of Skywalker. I agree with you 100% on C3PO. <laughs> you guys always Yay. have that. At least. He's one yeah. of the bright spots in that movie for me. Well, from your favorite Disney era movie, Paul, to my favorite Disney era Star Wars movie, it's going to be The Force Awakens for me at number four. I love this movie when it first came out, and I still love it to this day as it being my favorite of this new era. And to me, you can say all the criticisms about it as far as being a retread of A New Hope and the lack of new visual designs and concepts, and I would totally agree with that. But to me, kind of like with Attack of the Clones, there's just so much more to love about it than just that. And to me, the main thing is the new characters it introduced. They were fantastic. Ray, Kylo, Finn, they were amazing characters to kick off this new era of Star Wars that just got you really excited about the sequel trilogy and how I felt J.J. did a perfect job of blending in the classic characters with Han, of course, mainly being the classic character who was the focal point of this movie, him and Chewie, and then Leia, and having them interact with their stories with the new characters, with Ray and Finn, and of course with Ben Solo being Han's son, and adding that family, new family drama to the Skywalker saga. I thought it all worked well and made for a great compelling story with these characters. And not to mention, this movie has some of my favorite Star Wars scenes in the saga, one of them being the death of Han Solo, and we've talked about that a lot when we uh, did our top five favorite moments of the Disney era Star Wars. And I think this was my number one and your number one, Paul, if I'm not mistaken. And just what a beautiful job JJ did of sending off one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars and making it such an emotional moment and some great performances by Harrison Ford and Adam Driver. And like I mentioned for the rise of Skywalker, how I felt that was such an emotional payoff or a lead into an emotional payoff that we got in the redemption of Kylo Ren. So all great stuff in the force awakens. And then there's just some great fun moments that um, you want to see in a star Wars movie. I love the whole chase and Falcon uh, 
TIE fighter chase in a Jakku in the uh, grave, the ship graveyard. That scene is a lot of fun. And just seeing the Falcon uh, be piloted that way by Ray maneuvering TIE fighters, or I should say outmaneuvering TIE fighters amongst the debris of wreck star destroyers and ships was just a great visual to see. And this made for a really fun action sequence. And uh, then you get a great lightsaber duel uh, with between Ben and Ray. And it was fantastic to see because there was so much speculation as far as who is, uh, who's going to be the new Jedi in this movie. Is it going to be Finn? Because, um, he, we see him in all the promotional material with him holding the legacy Skywalker saber, but yet we know Ray's our main protagonist in this movie and for the new trilogy and kind of similar to the moment of Yoda igniting his lightsaber, seeing Ray pull the classic Skywalker lightsaber out of the snow into her hand and igniting it. That got such a great reaction in the crowd. It was fantastic to be in a room with those other Star Wars fans sharing at that moment was Ray um, taking that lightsaber, um, going on, really accepting her destiny from this point forward. And that seeing the battle that ensued was was fantastic. And then the mystery surrounding Luke. Why is he gone? Where is he? I love that Luke was that story, or you could call him the MacGuffin of this movie, <laughs> of trying to get to that point of where is Luke Skywalker. And that moment at the end where we see Luke for the first time, that was such a great moment to experience as a Star Wars fan, seeing the hero of Star Wars after 30-some-odd years, even though he doesn't say a word, um, you just still felt that the emotion in that sequence of seeing him again, knowing that, or I should say not knowing what's coming next, but yet you can't wait to find out and the journey that's going to be uh, starting from here on out with these characters. And it was just a great feeling to have seen it for the first time. And even though I do know what comes next, I think I still get that sense of uh, that great feeling of no, of that exciting adventure that awaits these characters before you're wondering what it's going to be. But now that I do, to me, it's just a new layer that I appreciate while I watch it because I do like really like the next two movies. So I do um, love the adventure that Ray has moving on from that moment um, when she met Luke Skywalker. So there's just so much that I love about The Force Awakens. A lot of it is with these great new characters that um, kicked off this new era of Star Wars and the sequel trilogy in grand fashion, I thought. So that's why it's my favorite of the Disney era Star Wars films and why I put it number four. Nice. Well, now we get to the top three. I'm trying to think through everybody's list so far. I like that we've all kind of had pretty varied and diverse lists so far. Uh, but just running through the movies that we've already talked about and the ones that we haven't talked about yet, I know there are two movies that are going to be in all of our top threes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's going to be interesting to see where everybody ranks everything and where our final list uh, shake out. But uh, my number three is going to be episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Um, this one's a tough one for me because I Revenge of the Sith is the movie that I wish was my favorite Star Wars movie. And there are a few issues that I have with it that hold it back for me just a little bit. Um, just in, I mean, mainly in terms of, you know, some of the, the dialogue and the performances and stuff and the stuff that everybody agrees is not the best in the prequels. Um, and just as a uh, especially, you know, as, as a student of film. Um, I just have to admit that, you know, just the, the two movies that I have above this are just more ex like more well executed overall from a filmmaking standpoint. Uh, but boy, do I love this movie and 
just the story of it, the emotional beats that it hits, all the epic stuff that goes down. Um, and Revenge of the Sith for me is my sort of my big Star Wars moment. Like when people talk about, you know, people who are older fans who are around uh, in 77 when A New Hope came out and they talk about, oh man, I'll never forget sitting in that theater and watching that ship go overhead for the first time after the opening crawl. For me, that's Revenge of the Sith. I grew up, you know, loving Star Wars as a kid. Um, but after Attack of the Clones came out, I think those years in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith were really, that's like when I went from being a kid who loved Star Wars to like a lifelong diehard Star Wars fan. And those were the years when I started discovering like the online fan communities and uh, started reading a lot of Star Wars novels and especially was reading a lot of the Clone Wars stuff that was coming out in between episodes two and three, um, but also was getting into, you know, reading like Wikipedia for the first time and started playing some Star Wars video games. And so really started getting immersed into the deeper lore and the expanded universe and just uh, more aware of like the the Star Wars fan community as a whole and not just me and my friends that like playing with lightsabers and stuff. Um, but especially with that Clone Wars stuff that came out, um, really getting immersed into like what was going on in between episodes two and three. And then actually, one thing that I kind of regret but I also think this really shaped my love of this movie is my dad bought me the novel of Revenge of the Sith before the movie came out. And this was back in the day before, you know, social media and internet spoilers and stuff. And the, the book came out probably like a month or two before the movie did. And I had it sitting on my shelf and I was like, I'm not reading this till the movie comes out because I'm not going to spoil it for myself. And the longer it sat there, the more I was like, maybe I'll just read the first couple chapters and, and just get a little taste. <laughs> and I ended up reading the whole book before the movie came out. But especially, I don't, I don't know if you guys remember, like the the opening, like sort of prologue of the Revenge of the Sith novelization really hypes up Anakin and Obi-Wan as these legendary Jedi that were like, you know, in, in a whole galaxy that where the common citizens really like had no interaction with the Jedi or maybe weren't even aware of them. They knew the names Kenobi and Skywalker. Like these guys were the Republic's all-stars in this war they were the ones turning the tide in every battle saving people you know accomplishing all these heroic things and just the way that the book described it like resonated so much with me that then watching the movie for the first time and you know you see the opening crawl and it says you know two jedi knights go to rescue the chancellor and you know just and it panning down to that drum beat as the star destroyer goes underneath and then seeing anakin and obi-wan's jedi starfighters come in for the first time i'm like that's it here come the heroes to save the day and it's just i was so engrossed in it and i still am i mean it's my favorite opening to a star wars movie of of all of them it's my favorite opening scene um and just love that battle of Coruscant. Um, but then, you know, so that was just the the kickoff for me. And then, uh, you know, all the stuff that uh, that goes on over the course of that movie. I mean, I could spend, I could do a whole two-hour podcast just talking about why I love Revenge of the Sith. But um, just Anakin's character arc, his fall to the dark side, the tragedy of all that, the, the way that Palpatine is just such a master manipulator, um, all the cool battles and lightsaber duels and cool different locations and stuff that we get to go to, the tragedy of Order 66. Um, and really, like, my love for this movie has only grown 
as a fan of the Clone Wars and all the extra layers of, of depth and context that that show adds to this movie. And now you watch it and it's not just the culmination of the prequel trilogy or it's not just following up on episode two, but it's a culmination of all these years of stuff that we've seen happen in the Clone Wars and uh you know the the culmination of anakin's arc and becoming darth vader the culmination of the war and palpatine's manipulation and order 66 and the clone troopers and you know everything that we see from uh you know from from attack of the clones up to the siege of mandalore um and it's all wrapped up here and then you know it, it ends perfectly seeing anakin become vader for the first time seeing uh luke and leia as babies taken to alderaan and tatooine and um just you know i think it it completes the circle perfectly um and i remember you know watching it i mean i was i was 14 when this movie came out i saw it five times in the theater which was a lot for me back then um you know obviously i, I didn't have a job or anything it could only go when my parents would take me and so uh you know for me that was a lot of time seeing it back then and i remember watching it for the last time um you know, before it left theaters after it had been out for a couple months and just having this sense of closure that this story that I had loved since I was, a, you know, a little kid was, and, you know, now I was becoming a young adult, just that it had come full circle. Um, and obviously now it's kept going and expanded and everything, but this will just, this movie will always have a special place in my heart. Um, not just because of those memories of watching it for the first time, but just because of the the great story and everything that I still love now. So um and like i said i you know i i wouldn't even say there's issues that i have with it in the sense of like oh i don't like it because of xyz but just things that i recognize could be done better that keep it from being higher up on my list but it definitely has some of my all-time favorite moments in star wars um and it's one of my favorite star wars movies so that's revenge of the sith in my number three spot well said i'll be echoing all those things pretty soon <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's my number three. So, uh, Tim, what's your number three pick? My number three pick is going to be A New Hope. And this one, to me, it just will always be in my top three of Star Wars films because, as you mentioned earlier, it's the one that started it off. And it's a classic for a reason. There's just so much amazing things about it. Story, the groundbreaking effects, the amazing characters, um, the chemistry between the actors that, you heart, you're hardly going to find anything better than what you see between Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. It's just amazing. And just everything it, that it kicked off from this movie. And it I love just how it's a simple story. And I always quote this from Anthony Daniels as, when he describes it. It's a simple story, but yet magically told. And that's exactly what Star Wars is. But yet the seeds were planted in a certain scenes where you know, there was more than it just being a simple story. There was some mystery and intrigue about the past that was laid down um, that Lucas did between that conversation of Luke and Obi-Wan referencing the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan talking about Luke's father being killed by Darth Vader. So there was stuff there that um, you knew this was a galaxy that had history and you were hoping to find out more about it. And boy, did we did. <laughs> did we find out more later on? But this movie in itself, it's just such an amazing space fantasy that um, kicked off the greatest story ever told. And I'll always love A New Hope for that. And it does have one of my favorite final sequences of a Star Wars movie, but I will say 
definitely my favorite space battle of the entire saga. I just love the Battle of Yavin, just how small in scope it is, but yet big in scope as well, because you're just focusing on a small group of pilots attacking this Death Star, but yet it's just this epic space battle that at the time no one's ever seen before and I think still holds up amazingly today to that triumphant moment of Luke blowing out the Death Star with using the Force it, and Han coming to his aid. That was... That will always be one of my favorite Star Wars moments of Han coming to the rescue and allowing Luke to hone in on his instincts and blow up the Death Star. Just such a great moment that just makes you feel good. And that's what A New Hope does for me every time I watch it. It just makes you feel good. And I'll always, always love it for that. And that's why it'll be in my top three of uh, Star Wars films. It would have to be something pretty amazing to overtake these next three Star Wars films for me in my rankings list because starting with New Hope and going down to the next two, it really doesn't get better than these films. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you know, now that we're into these top three, it's like, I'm sure for all of us, these are some of our favorite movies of all time. Um, Oh, yeah. You know, movies that you'd be happy to watch on any given day in any order. Uh, But Paul, we skipped over you. I know you had to skip out for a second. So Tim just did his number three. So what's your uh, number three on your list? Well, my number three, and and for the record, I have to say that the next three are probably, and never say never, but they're probably not ever going to be moved off of the top three. It's going to be, it it would take three, a really, really, really good movie to overtake these next three. And number three uh, for me is Revenge of the Sith and Revenge of the Sith is probably, I, I just think is it's a phenomenal Star Wars film. And I've, I've gone on record and, and have called it Star Wars on steroids. And, you know, Kyle, you brought up before how, you know, Lucas, um, did different things like Ryan Johnson and, and then, you know, you know, a lot, a lot of people, you know, praised, you know, Lucas for, you know, doing things differently. And, 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 you know, some people didn't. And the fact that, you know, Ryan Johnson kind of followed that kind of idea. Well, here's my kind of counter argument to that, because Lucas did get a lot of pushback from doing these different things. And, and some, some of it was successful. So some of it wasn't, I would say revenge of the Sith is him kind of, was his was well, his eventual uh, go to as far as what he was leading to, but he also knew he had to like kind of bring in the Star Wars a little bit more and amp it up a little bit. I think just to kind of end on a better note. I, I in my opinion, that's the way I always interpreted that film. It was always meant to go that direction, but he amped it up even more so. I think to kind of get, I think just kind of end on a good note or, or something like that. But at any rate. Uh, I, I think it's Star Wars on steroids in the best way possible, and I think it's a really, really great Star Wars film. Is it have clunky dialogue? Sure. Uh, I know people, you know, prequel memes and all that have, have always, you know, always kind of take this dialogue out of context, and it's funny and ha ha whatever. But you know what? In, in the end, in all seriousness, I think Revenge of the Sith is a great movie. The, the script is probably the weakest part of it. But the story structure of it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, there's a great story there. And yes, though the script and dialogue isn't always great, I actually think the performances are mostly good, with the exception of Natalie Portman. I think she's awful in that movie. She's the worst, and that's the worst performance she's she gives us in maybe her whole career slash 
in all the prequels. And it's it's unfortunate, but she's the weakest link. But at, besides that, everything else is great. And I think, again, the story is there. And it's a great, great, great story. And I love – again, talk about uh, a movie that like has aged well. That movie looks phenomenal still. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it's like 15 years old or, or, or you know, whatever. It's six, seven, 18 years old, whatever it is. That's it's 15. a great, it's 15. Okay. <laughs> making sure I, I, my math is bad. So, but at any rate, um, Revenge of the Sith is a phenomenal Star Wars film. It's Star Wars on steroids in the best way. And I, you know, everyone, you know, I remember people saying, oh, I can't stand the no and all that stuff. And I remember thinking, yeah, I can kind of see why it's kind of ridiculous, but now I love it. I would never, t- I would never change it ever. And he, I, I, I even thought that back in the day, but even more so now, I will defend it, and that's why I would defend it in Return of the Jedi. It's a great, uh, you know, callback to Revenge of the Sith because of that specific moment and what it means. And not to mention Charles Soule, uh, where he picks up right where he, uh, Vader leaves off in that series is it's it's great as well. It's it's I love everything about revenge of the Sith for the most part. I, I can't even think besides Natalie Portman's performance, anything else I don't really like. Cause it's a, just a great movie. So yeah, revenge of the Sith top three phenomenal star Wars film, star Wars on steroids, people you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're, you're definitely right that like the script maybe isn't the best or like Lucas just didn't maybe do the best job of executing on his ideas in that movie, but the ideas are phenomenal. And if you can get past some of the, I wouldn't even call it poor execution, but just things that maybe could have been, uh, could have been executed a little bit better on film. If you look at what he was trying to do and you look at the story of what's really going on there and just kind of dig into, uh, you know, the, the character motivations and stuff. And especially obviously the clone wars helps with that as well, but there really is a phenomenal story there that I completely love. Um, but let's move on to number two. And for me, this is going to be the empire strikes back. Um, now I will say, obviously this is not my personal favorite star Wars movie because it's at number two and not number one, but I think this is sort of the most objectively perfect star Wars movie. You know, every other movie we've talked about so far, I think we've all had at least one or two negative things to say, which is totally fine. And I've always said that. I think if you think Star Wars is perfect, you're kind of, you know, you got rose-colored glasses on. Like, you know, I love Star Wars as much as anybody, but I think as a true fan, you kind of have to accept the flaws along with the good stuff. And it's totally fine to be critical of certain things or to admit that it's not perfect and still enjoy it for the stuff that you love about it. I mean, you talked about, you mentioned like the prequel memes with Revenge of the Sith. I freaking love prequel memes. And yes, they point out certain moments or certain lines of dialogue that are ridiculous. And, you know, I love laughing at it, but I still watch the movie and enjoy it for the story and not just for, you know, the silly parts or whatever. Um, and I think you got to be willing to, you know, be able to laugh at it or, or you know, poke fun at it, poke fun at it every once in a while, along with also taking it seriously and, and enjoying it earnestly. Um, but I will say if there's an objectively perfect Star Wars movie, it's Empire Strikes Back. I really can't think of a bad thing to say about this movie. Um, it just took everything that George did in A New Hope and kicked it up another level, expanded on the universe, expanded on the lore, gave us one of the greatest movie plot twists of all time. Um, 
you know, but I mean, really, like my favorite stuff in that movie is probably the stuff with Luke and Yoda on Dagobah as, as Yoda's training him, explaining more about the Force. Again, this mystical concept that was introduced in the first movie, and we're just seeing more of what it can do, learning more about what it is. Um, and again, you talk about puppetry and special effects and stuff from 1980 that still hold up really well to this day. Um, and also give credit to Mark Hamill for believably acting opposite a puppet and making us believe that he's talking to a, a real person, a real character. Um, you know, just some of those Yoda moments are just so magical. But of course, you know, you got the Battle of Hoth, you got the, the lightsaber duel with Vader on Cloud City, um, introduction of you know, new characters like Lando that are, you know, he's a fun addition to, uh, to the, the story and the star Wars universe and everything. And just going to new locations, getting new characters, new battles, new mythology and explanation of the force and everything. Um, it's just, this movie just works on so many different levels. And, uh, it's weird because again, like revenge of the Sith there's a lot of that movie, a lot of things in that movie that I love more than Empire Strikes Back. Um, but also some things that, you know, I would have to fairly be critical of in it. Whereas Empire is just, it's just a good movie across the board. I could watch this movie any day, not have anything bad to say about it. Just enjoy a, a good, solid Star Wars movie um, that's just got some, some all-time great characters and moments. I really don't have a whole lot more to say about it other than that, but... Um, it's just, you know, how can you be a Star Wars fan and not love Empire Strikes Back? So, uh, that's the number two spot on my list. Yeah. Number two for me, it, number one, and number two are always going to flip flop forever, but they're ba cause they're basically tied. And, um, basically I flip a coin to see which one goes one and which goes two, cause they really are interchangeable for me. But this, for this year, I will concede just because it's it's this movie's year. So at number two, I'm going to go with Return of the Jedi. And Return of the Jedi will, in, in the number one film, which you guys can all figure out what that is, but I'll just not say it right now. Return of the Jedi in the in number one film will always be my favorite movies of all time. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And nothing will change that because they were the first two movies that I could never stop watching. And I could only think about all the time and always wanted to watch them and play with the toys. And I'll never forget back in the day, because I'm older than all of you guys, uh, back in the day when VCRs were very expensive, you would rent a VCR from the video store and you'd rent movies and then you'd have to return everything back. And I'll never forget my parents renting the VCR when I was a little, 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 little guy, probably like 85 maybe at this point, 86, maybe around that time. And my parents rented the VCR. They rented Return of the Jedi. And I remember the next day, the day they had to return it, I was watching the opening to Jabba's Palace because I loved Jabba's Palace. And I remember my mom and dad just being like, Ugh, my mom specifically, and saying, Paul, I'm really sorry. We got to take it all back. I went, no, I flipped out. <laughs> and like I did not want to give up Return of the Jedi. All I could think about was watching Return of the Jedi all day. All, the rest of the day, all day, every day. And um, it's a movie that I just love. And it's a movie that I will, it will always bring me joy uh, no matter how many times I watch it. And it, it just, it just, yeah, it's, it's a favorite. I love everything about it. Everything. 
every every everything about um, uh, Return of the Jedi I love. So it's a uh, yeah. Well, my favorite movies of all time. Um, my favorite part is definitely Jabba's Palace because the Muppets that Jim Henson helped create, for or the creatures I should say that were in, uh, were a lot used from the Muppets um, or Muppet, uh, whatever you want to call it, Jim Henson's creatures and uh, studio, whatever Jim Henson Studios. So, yeah, I, I love that stuff. Jabba, I think, is one of the greatest uh, puppets in cinematic history, and I wish they bring the puppet huts back. Maybe one day we will get it. Who knows? But yeah, Return of the Jedi, one of my favorite films of all time. Love it. Cool. Um, my number two is going to be Revenge of the Sith. And not to repeat what you guys just said, because both of you said why that movie is so great beautifully. So I won't add too much to it. But when Lucas said he was going to end up at the time, the <laughs> Skywalker saga, and just the prequel trilogy and Anakin story, in a tragic way, but it is also in a satisfying way. Man, he really, really delivered on that. The story is fantastic. The way he plotted out Anakin's downfall, I think is genius. When you can look all the way back to episode one and see how it started so innocently and then leading up to how it went down in Revenge of the Sith. And I just love how it was the way you wouldn't expect Darth Vader to be born, really, because... It's from the start, it's coming out of a place of love for Anakin, wanting to protect of the woman he loves most from mm-hmm. dying. And that, how that turns in and develops into something to be more selfish and a gain for power, more power. And just how that led to him becoming consumed by the dark side. And it all just was done so beautifully. I love how that's the direction Lucas took to Anakin. Not someone who was just evil like as at a young age but it took some for him to get there and some that was coming from a place of love so it was just i think great mythic storytelling there that lucas did and it's amazing it has so many of my favorite star wars moments in there too just to name order 66 what a beautiful yet tragic end to the clone's journey well not technically their end but the end of uh, them fighting in the Clone Wars and being uh, soldiers for the Republic and soldiers of their Jedi generals. And just the heartbreak you feel when they're betraying the Jedi, knowing that it's out of their control, thanks to what we learned in the Clone Wars. And that's a sequence that just, you know, gets more tragic the more stories we get in the Clone Wars, and even more so now after seeing the Siege of Mandalore. So that scene is amazing. The immolation scene with, with Anakin burning on Mustafar, pleading for Obi-Wan, or I shouldn't say not pleading to Obi-Wan. That, that was actually a line of dialogue Lucas cut. I think he did say, Obi-Wan, help me. But at Lucas, I think he said he didn't want to kind of start the redemption process of that yet. And he didn't want Anakin to feel any remorse quite yet there. But um, the fact that he says he hates Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan in turn says, you are my brother, Anakin. I loved you. And just knowing everything they've been through together as brothers fighting in the Clone Wars and Obi-Wan training Anakin since he was a young boy leading up to this point. I mean, just how awful everything is in this movie transpiring for our heroes, but yet it's done in such a beautiful way that it is a story that in the grand scheme and scope of the Star Wars saga, this is the point where things get their darkest and they need to get their darkest in order for there to be a new hope as we get in the next movie. But it was all done so beautifully in Revenge of the Sith and it's one of Lucas's masterpiece. I will call it that. 
Um, some might scoff at me calling it that, but that's how I feel every time I watch it. It's just an amazing bit of storytelling. And one of the epitome battles of good versus evil, I feel, with the battle between Yoda and Darth Sidious, and that is going encounter with Obi-Wan and Anakin's battle. It's just God, mind-blowingly good, that final climactic battle sequence. It's my favorite in Star Wars. Those two duels just make for an amazing sequence. So, yeah, Revenge of the Sith, it's amazing. It's just right below my number one pick, which obviously you could probably guess what it is. But I will say it is not too far behind it. That's how amazing I think that movie is. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, well, here we go. Number one pick. Um, Drum roll, please. Drum roll, <laughs> we know here we coming. go. For me, it's going to be Return of the Jedi, uh, which was criminally low on Tim's list. Um, way I've, too high I've got it way here in its proper place. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because, like I said, for me, Empire Strikes Back is like the most objectively good Star Wars movie. Um, Return of the Jedi honestly is a little more up and down in places. It's a little bit like Rogue One where throughout the first two thirds of the movie, um, it's still good, obviously. Like, I, I wouldn't put it on my, you know, it wouldn't be number one on my list if I didn't like half the movie. Um, but I feel like for the first, you know, two thirds or so, it's it's pretty good. It's enjoyable. Um, I love the stuff in Jabba's Palace. Um, I do think the movie slows down a little bit when it gets to Endor. I mean, the speeder bike chase is cool, but, um, you know, even, even that, like, it's it's cool, but you know now we've got the pod race and and uh, other kind of chase scenes and stuff that I feel like have kind of surpassed that. Um, and then you know all the stuff with you know in the Ewok village and all that kind of stuff is just um, you know it is a little slow. It's not my favorite stuff, um, but everything from the moment where Luke lets himself get captured by the Imperials and has that conversation with Vader there on Endor, everything from there through the end of the movie is some of my favorite stuff in all of star wars i was watching this recently uh with my sister we actually went to um like one of those pop-up drive-through theaters that they've started doing since uh covid came around and you know can't go to the movies anymore so we got to go see return of the jedi at a drive-in and i was sitting there watching it thinking man is this really my all-time favorite star wars movie for you know the first half of it or whatever and then you know just watching that last third i was like Yep. Yep. It still is. It's still my favorite. Um, it's good enough through the first parts to keep me engaged and keep me interested and then just ramps it up to 11 uh, for that last 45 minutes or so. I love I even love the Battle of Endor, like the ground battle with the, you know, I mean, Ewoks aren't my favorite characters, whatever, but I think that's a fun battle. And again, I give Chewie all the credit for turning that thing around because you could see the Ewoks were pretty much getting their butts kicked until Chewie hijacked that walker did and we, started wiping really it all. We did. You see the, the one that's flying on the glider and he gets shot down and there's the two that are running along the path and the one dude gets blasted and then his friend's all sad. Like Two moments out of all the times we see the stormtroopers getting beaten by rocks, clubs ropes thrown on their speeder bikes ATSDs yeah. being taken down <laughs> well you also have han and leia you know trying to enter the bunker and they're getting pinned down by stormtroopers and they're not able to bust in and blow up the shield generator until chewie comes along with the hijacked walkers so you know the ewoks can take out all the stormtroopers in the forest they want they're still not getting in that bunker um so yeah i i give credit to chewie for saving the day on that one uh but then the space battle 
um, over the second Death Star is still far and away my favorite space battle in all of Star Wars. Um, just watching that again, it's incredible what they were able to do, you know, with the effects from 1983 um, and just the layers to it, you know, the the rebel fleet coming out of hyperspace and then suddenly getting ambushed by the Imperials and the, it's a trap and, you know, then just the back and forth of the dogfighting and everything. And then, uh, you know, going into the Death Star superstructure and just that chase of, you know, Lando trying to make it out as the thing's exploding behind him. That's all just, you know, a, a fun, thrilling action sequence. Um, but then, I mean, like I said, the thing that really ties it all together for me. Um, the main reason why this is the number one movie on my list is a because of Luke Skywalker and just seeing him uh, sort of come seeing his journey come full circle and seeing him now as a full grown Jedi Knight. And I know he you know has to confront Vader before Yoda tells him that he's officially a Jedi Knight. But, you know, seeing him go from the, the kid in A New Hope who's unsure of himself and just kind of wants to get away from home and see the galaxy to now. Uh, you know, even seeing him walk into Jabba's palace for the first time and just calmly and confidently choking the guards and then standing up to Jabba and then confronting Vader and just seeing how he's grown in his confidence and, uh, you know, from all the lessons that he's learned along the way, but also just seeing his determination to redeem Vader. And even when Obi-Wan and Yoda are telling him that, you know, he's more machine than man, he's, you know, the Anakin was destroyed, um, and and I buy, you know, people say like, oh, Obi-Wan's just, you know, he's a terrible teacher because he lied to Luke about his father. But I really do believe that Obi-Wan believes what he's telling Luke when he says when Anakin became Darth Vader, the good man who was your father was destroyed and Anakin doesn't exist anymore. And now like Vader's just this monster that you have to kill in order to fulfill your destiny. And Luke's like, no, my father's still in there somewhere. And regardless of what you guys are telling me, I'm going to find a way to redeem him. And he does that and, and Vader's redemption. Um, and see, this is why I hate that. No, so much. It was already a perfect moment. And I just, I, I, it more just bugs me that Lucas felt like he had to mess with it more than the actual no itself. I just think, I don't think it's terrible. I just think it's unnecessary. And it was already a perfect moment and didn't yeah, need anything added to it. Um, but just, you know, the the moment where Vader's and, uh, you know, also I, I love Palpatine as a villain in this one, seeing him just cackling and shooting his lightning and everything's a lot of fun. But seeing Vader uh, come around and finally, you know, throw down his master um, in order to save his son. And that's even more meaningful after everything we've seen with the prequel trilogy and everything, knowing everything that Anakin has been through and knowing that he's still in there somewhere. Um, and knowing that everything that Palpatine has put him through and all his manipulation and stuff and finally seeing Anakin break free of that. Um, it's it's just great. And it's not only the culmination of Luke's arc, but Anakin Skywalker is my favorite character in all of Star Wars. And it's not just Anakin in the prequels, but I also count Vader as the same character because you can argue like, oh, well, you know, Anakin and Vader are two different characters, but you clearly see at the end of Return of the Jedi, they're not. That Anakin was still in there the whole time. Um, and so I, I love it as, you know, the, the culmination and the conclusion of the original trilogy, the rebellion triumphing over the empire, but also, uh, seeing Luke Skywalker come full circle as a Jedi Knight, but also seeing Anakin Skywalker come full circle and defeat his own dark side and defeat Palpatine and save his son. Um, that's the emotional core of the movie and the stuff that I love so much, um, and, you know, Anakin and Luke are my two favorite characters in all of Star Wars. 
um, and just seeing, you know, the the climax of both of their journeys in this movie is what makes Return of the Jedi my number one Star Wars movie. Yeah, I guess it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am next, and I'm going to pick. Uh, obviously, I think you guys all figured out what I picked, and it was The Empire Strikes Back. And like I said, it's it's going to be uh, one of those things where it's just flip a coin. And Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, favorite films of all time. And watching The Empire Strikes Back, sorry, watching The Empire Strikes Back is just, I watched it recently in 4K. It looks phenomenal. Um, I think it's, people regard it as one of the best movies ever made. And it really is, you know, I think the, it just really is a great movie, and I, I think that every there's really the, if I had to pick a a, the, a perfect Star Wars film, I'd pick that only because I think it just it it is just it just it's almost perfect in everything it does. There's not really a weak spot in that movie. It's maybe maybe the pacing it's a little slower, but that's what makes the movie. So uh, I don't know. I, I love it. I think it's a phenomenal film. Um, I think the end the the end. Lightsaber, lightsaber battle is still my all-time favorite lightsaber battle. It's such an emotional, draining battle that I think that's one of the reasons why it's my favorite, and I think why it holds up amongst like all the you know death-defying backflips that Obi Wan and Darth Maul can do that we all love. But in the end, I still love the Empire one more because even though it's a bunch of guys hitting a stick against each other for a while, and nothing really elaborate. It's the it's the taunting of Darth Vader to Luke that makes it and that that he's just beating the crap out of him basically for like ten minutes, and and Vader's just just, just toying with them, and it's like that from the very start. And there's a couple times he he, he lets his emotions get a hold of him, uh, ahead of him a little bit with with meaning Vader, and Luke gets a couple shots in, but that's really it. And I think it's and it does a great job visually explaining that, especially after you uh, especially after, after you watch it multiple times, and you go, "Oh yeah, so that's why Luke was able to get a couple shots, and not because he's he's awesome, but because Vader just kind of got caught up with himself." And there's uh, that's great storytelling and very subtle storytelling, and I, I love it so. Um, yeah, I mean, everything about this movie is just, is phenomenal, and, and and we all know it. It's 40 years old today, which is really weird. Um, goodness gracious, I remember I remember watching that when I was a kid, and it was fresh as could be, and it still is fresh as can be, in my opinion. So, yeah, Empire Strikes Back is um, to me that and Jedi flip a coin for me. But if I had to pick one perfect Star Wars movie, it'd be this. And I know some people don't like me, don't like saying that, but let's be real. Most people would say this is probably the best one ever. We'll see how, how you know, how, like how it ages over the years, next couple of 20 years and with 60 years old, but right now it's a, it's a phenomenal movie. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think empire deserves to be number one and it's this and Jedi are number one in my heart forever. Yeah, I mean, obviously what my choice is going to be as well. Number one, The Empire Strikes Back. And yeah, you could say it's the easy choice or the cliche choice for your favorite Star Wars movie. But hey, it's when it's your favorite, it's your favorite. You got to go with it. And to me, Empire is not only the perfect Star Wars movie, but to me, it is the perfect movie for me. Everything about it works. The story, the humor, the action, the 
dialogue, everything about it is just so well done. And it just takes Star Wars to a whole nother level. As I was describing A New Hope, saying how it was a simple story, magically told, a space fantasy. The moment Vader says he's Luke's father, that's what changes Star Wars forever. And for the better, turning it into a family drama. This is where it becomes the Skywalker saga and adding that whole dynamic to it, just what makes Star Wars so special and so unique. It's just amazing. And then even on a spiritual level where Empire has my favorite bit of Star Wars dialogue, and it comes from Yoda where he says, my ally is the Force, and a powerful ally that is. And to me, I just take it as just a strong sense of faith that Yoda has in the Force, no matter how dire the situation can be, because it's pretty dire for Yoda living in solitude on a swamp believing that you that Luke is one of their last hopes for the Jedi to come back. And of course, um, he says there is another later, but it's really between Luke and Leia and their, their last opportunity here to defeat the Empire. But yet, through all that, he always had his strength in the Force and how it was an ally for him. And I just take that for anyone who has uh, a belief or a faith that they hold on to. They can always look to that no matter how dire the situation is. So just different elements like that, I think, make Empire so special and deserves to be um, considered the greatest Star Wars movie ever and one of the greatest films ever, um, no matter what genre you're looking at. So, yeah, call it an easy answer, but it doesn't matter to me. It's just I can't deny what Empire is and just how it is just a cut above the rest when it comes to Star Wars films. I've said how Revenge of the Sith is just right underneath it, but it's still no, not quite up to Empire. And this, that's just how special and amazing the empire strikes back and i don't see that changing anytime soon and you said you said it we'll see how it holds up 60 years later paul i think 40 years is a pretty good indication that it's going to be a timeless classic forever so i don't think we have to worry <laughs> That's about true. that so yeah what else can be said about empire than what's already been said about how amazing and special it is so yeah not a surprise but it is and will always be my number one favorite star wars movie yeah, good stuff. And I mean, you say, oh, that might be the cliche answer or whatever, but I think that would be the answer for a lot of people, uh, which is why it might seem like the cliche answer. But obviously, there's a reason for that. Um, there's no doubt that it's an all time great movie. I mean, I had it at number two. You guys had it both at number one. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there you go. There's our rankings of all 11 Star Wars movies. Um, <sighs> I did it. <laughs> yeah. See, Tim, that wasn't so bad. Talking about it was amazing. Coming on with the final list, that was, yeah, <laughs> not fun. Well, glad you were able to pull it off. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, I liked that all of our lists were so different. And yet, obviously, there's a couple at the top that we all agreed are, uh, you know, some of the all-time greats. I'm glad we all had Revenge of the Sith that high. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. know there are some people that would have that one lower, but obviously all three of us love the prequels and especially that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, good stuff. And then, um, you know, I, I asked some of you guys on social media as well. Um, I, I figured it would probably be best not to like ask everybody to to list their entire rankings. So we're not here, you know, for another 10, 20 minutes reading all of those. Um but instead, I just figured I'd ask what was everybody's uh, favorite Star Wars movie. And we got our few responses on that. Um, on Twitter, Derek Beebe said, it's impossible to pick. But if I had to, Revenge of the Sith. 
Uh, Hassan Scarborough says Empire Strikes Back. Paul Stewart said it's nearly impossible because I love most of them in different ways. Has to be Empire, though. Uh, the Biz's lore cast says rebellions are built on hope. So I'm assuming uh, Rogue One's his favorite. Um, and then Stephen Crawford said, always put a new hope first on my list. Love everything about it, including the story behind it being made and that it was done on a tight budget and started this whole thing. Um, and then over on Facebook, let me scroll down to it real quick. Uh, we just got one response on Facebook from James Hewings, and he said, episode three, it's the perfect blend of completing the story and the CGI to do it justice and that lightsaber duel as well. Um, so even a good variety of responses from you guys as far as what your favorite Star Wars movies are. Um, and it's cool to see. I mean, I know Empire Strikes Back is kind of the, the cliche answer, but um, it's fun that everybody's got their own things that they love about all the different movies. And a lot of people have different favorites. And, you know, this is just a small sample size of you guys that commented on ours. But I know there are people that have, you know, The Last Jedi or Solo or, uh, you know, just about any Star Wars movie uh is probably somebody's number one favorite so um it's been fun talking about uh you know all our different rankings and what we love about them um but uh yeah that's just about gonna do it for now what do you guys think yeah that's what i love about star yeah. wars and the saga in general there is no wrong answer for what your favorite star wars movie is it yeah could be mm -hmm. the phantom menace which was last on my list and i think that would be awesome if it's number one on someone else's list there's to me like i said no wrong answer and this it's all star wars that's why it was just so hard for me to rank these and put one above the other because it's just one epic big story that i just love so much and just thankful that we got 11 movies to talk and see where we could put them so it's all just so fantastic absolutely but yeah definitely this has been a fun one one that we've been looking forward to for a long time so it was fun to uh you know finally get around to it and, and get our list down um hope you guys all enjoyed it as much as we did thanks for tuning in um looking forward to doing some more of these fun kind of episodes like with the different topics that we talked about uh, at the beginning of the show so uh, we'll be back soon, either with some more Star Wars news or just some fun Star Wars discussions to talk about. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us online, follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. You can send us email at Star Wars TSC at gmail.com. And you can check out our website at Star Wars TSC.com for all the latest uh, Star Wars news stories and stuff that we're posting over there. Um, be sure to also check out thunderquack.com for all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Uh, and that's going to do it for now. Thank you guys again for tuning in. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Got the Rebel Blue!